1: What's going on, everybody?
2: Welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast, another fun Monday Night Master Debaters edition here. Obviously, the show is by The Great Deception, and you can listen to that every week over on uh, their feed every single Monday, uh, usually Monday or Tuesday, so uh, depending on where you're at. If you're on the other side of the world, maybe it's like Wednesday. I don't even know uh, how that shit works, to be honest with you, but... Um, early in the week, check this out every single week over there, you get current event type topics, uh, fun discussions with, uh, zero agenda. So awesome stuff. And, and really happy to just continue to be a part of that show, man. Uh, one of my favorite podcasters in the game in Matt over there. So, um, you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I release these a week late and I, uh, you know, do my own little bonus content up at the top. Because, um, you know, just just in case anyone for some reason isn't listening over there, you can hear it here with some bonus stuff. And today I have something kind of interesting. You know, we talked with the Operation Red Pill boys, who I really, really like a lot. I think every single one of you should check them out. Um, I like these guys a lot, a lot. They're, they're fucking awesome dudes. Uh, Jason and Christopher, couple of really nice guys, Christian minded dudes. Um, you know, a lot of their stuff is on, like, kind of hidden messages in modern times. And, like, they relate it to the Bible and um, just seem like a couple of really good good people. So, I encourage you to check them out. I've mentioned them a couple times. We did an episode back. Shoot, when was this here? We did one on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we talked about the Gnosticism there within and how... Basically, and I'm sure anyone listening to this has heard that episode at some point. It's got quite a few plays here. It was episode 297 back on October 20th uh, of this year that I released it. Gnosticism in Marvel and TV Magic featuring Operation Red Pill. Really fun episode and just kind of blew my mind. These guys came fully prepared with clips and all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, made me rethink how a lot of stories are told to kids, to adults, you know, these nerdy dudes that probably should be, you know, doing something else other than watching, uh, you know, all these, you know, Star Wars and some of these things. But when you watch them from the perspective that, you know, there is something deeply wrong with the messaging here, I think that's very helpful. And it's it helps us understand exactly what the agenda is that's being pushed on to our kids. Y'all know, I well, you probably know I don't have kids, but I still care very much about the following generations and how they're going to be affected by all this stuff. So... Uh, With that being said, what I talk about here has nothing to do with that. Uh, In this little intro segment, I'm going to talk about Apple and the logo. More specifically, kind of some of the esoteric, uh, you know, occult shit behind the logo and the company itself. Interesting stuff that I came across. And you may have heard some of it. Maybe you haven't. I hope that you haven't heard most of it. I sure hadn't heard a lot of this information. Some of it's kind of older, and I'm just tying it in with the new information that I've learned. For example, uh, the first Apple computer being sold at six hundred and sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. That's no accident, I'm sure. But uh, I'll get into some other stuff here that that's truly interesting. So before that, uh, I thank you all for your support on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Dangerous World Podcast, DangerousWorldStore.com for any merch. I'm hoping to get a few new designs out around Christmas, and I have fired up the press once again. I ordered some new materials of the things that I needed, so the store uh delivery time should be cut down quite a bit and my apologies for the lag there uh just got very overwhelmed with shit and I had to you know kind of put priorities, even though you know it is a priority when someone buys something um you know I gotta get that out quicker, and that's on me hundred percent I'm not making excuses, so I appreciate you guys sticking by that uh nonsense and Being extremely patient. When I make people wait, I always send them extra shit. So that's, uh, you know, something to know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to order shit by Christmas or anything. Because to be honest, sometimes these take me a while. So uh, like I said, bonus gifts coming to those people though. uh, For just being so patient and understanding that it is a one man job. This ain't Amazon. But um, let's get into this Apple stuff. I'm going to take a little drink of my twisted tea, which I've been really enjoying lately. So bear with me. Um, the story of Apple is pretty interesting for sure. It's, uh, you know, founded on April Fool's day in 1976. Obviously we know Steve jobs, rest in peace, right? Uh, Steve Wozniak, we know now one person that I hadn't heard of very much. That's credited with the, one of the three, uh, three Kings of Apple, Ronald Wayne. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. I sure hadn't, but, um, you know, Steve Wozniak from an early age is one of these dudes that's real techie. Um, it's a lot more mainstream these days, but by all accounts, he would be a nerd, you know. Um, always from a very early age playing with electronics, and he took a job at HP. And Steve Jobs also took a job there, quickly switching over to Atari. And they say, from when I did the the research here, That he went over to Atari to save money. I don't know if it was closer to his house or they paid more or what the deal was. Maybe some kind of benefits that lined up with his goals at the time. And his main goal at this time of working at Atari was to take a spiritual retreat to India. Okay. Now there's your Hindu influence coming in right at the beginning of this story. Uh, Nothing against Hindus per se, obviously, but the religion is very contradictory to the foundation of this country a and just a lot of other things it's a mystical religion similar to buddhism right um so and and again nothing to any against any hindus out there i know a couple and they're cool you know most people don't really know same same shit with christians right there's a lot of great christians out there but the elite of any society probably probably a bunch of dirtbags um, but then if you look at you know things like the Satanic Bible from Anton LaVey and all this other shit, they actually mention some Hindu gods and goddesses as alternate names for the devil. So uh, if am not mistaken, there's like 77 names or some shit. Sorry, just uh, took a call from a fellow podcaster by the name Ghost over at My Third Eye uh, interrupting the show. You should leave him five-star reviews on his Apple and tell him to quit interrupting. When uh, adults are talking here, okay? Uh, But make sure they're five stars because he's a good guy and he's growing that show. Where was I, though? Uh, Basically talking about the the different names and how that is incorporated with the Hindu religion, right? There's a lot of, like, Shiva is one of the names for Lucifer and all this shit, right? Now, um, with that early influence of Hinduism within... Uh, You know, this goofball, Steve Jobs. And again, he seems probably like a decent guy. I don't know. I I hate speaking ill of the dead. But man, this guy definitely seems to be an occultist. And also on the in. Definitely in on what's going on here. Freaking Wozniak's a a Freemason, right? His uh, wife is Eastern Star, whatever the hell that shit is for the ladies. So... They're connected. Um, Ronald Wayne doesn't seem to be talked about as much. And again, this isn't a super deep dive. This is ch- kind of just like a barely below surface level stuff because I wanted to try and fit it in 30 minutes here. But um, you're already getting, like I said, Hindu influence on the foundation of Apple. Very, very influenced by his spiritual awakening in India, okay? Okay. Other really influential entities and people have done similar things. The Beatles, really well-known, uh, you know, taking spiritual retreats to India. And this whole story of Apple seems to be, like I mentioned, just a, a, a mixing of occult knowledge, some dark influences. Um, I mentioned this isn't a super deep dive, and, uh, you know, that'll become pretty clear. Like I said, surface-level stuff. But... Um, I'm also not saying that Microsoft or Google are any better than, you know, Apple is. It's just, I, I feel that Apple is by far the most iconic. And there's a lot more buzz around not only the products of Apple, but the whole story. I mean, I grew up in the 90s, uh, born in 91. In 2002 and three, I think is when I was in middle school. Man, when the iPod minis hit, those were the shit. I mean, this is really when Apple went from like zero to 100. Um, My dad always used Mac computers because they're better for graphic designing, which is his job title, right? That's what he does. Um, Much more efficient, easy to learn on. And uh, honestly, I think he was, you know, kind of influenced by their marketing. He was part of that target market. Uh, Not the white collar, boring guy, kind of a more blue collar dude that, you know, wants to get into you know, computers and learn more about computers to make money with his job. And Macintosh spoke to him. So they did a good job reaching out to a different group of people. Like I said, just much more iconic um, genius branding with Apple. So supposedly when Steve Jobs tried weed for the first time, he told Playboy in 1985 that he began experimenting pretty proficiently with other drugs Um, I guess he liked LSD a lot in particular, which he pointed out he could easily get from Stanford. I don't know if these were students or teachers or the chemistry freaking lab or whatever. And he talked about how clean it was, how great it was. This is like, remember, MK Ultra grade LSD, okay? Uh, One of the biggest drugs in that whole CIA program, right? Now, because the kids were supposedly outcasts being Wozniak and Jobs... Really, in my opinion, kind of by their own choice. I mean, it's not like they were, uh, you know, I, I, you can't really picture Wozniak playing football or basketball. But, you know, they're, they're more cerebral thinkers, I guess. You know, they're, they're kind of in their own, by their own interests, just nerds, right? They're outcasts to society. It's claimed that Apple, because of all that, was born out of West Coast counterculture. This couldn't be further from the case, in my opinion. I actually believe that Apple, like Facebook, like Microsoft, like Google, and all the other tech behemoths that are out there, I think it was planned from its creation to be one of the most powerful uh, tools for some of the most powerful institutions in the world. I mean, we're talking Council of Foreign Relations. Think of a group, and then think of, like think of a group that that has a bunch of power over people. Trilateral Commission, all this shit. Whoever runs those, I think, also started these companies. We know the story of Bill Gates, how well he was connected with IBM and his mother and all this other shit. Mark Zuckerberg, there's tons of wild theories about him, um, the least crazy of which that he's a robot. I mean, that that theory actually is more comforting than some of the other stuff that I've heard about about Zuckerberg. So, you know, it's tough to know. But it, it, it does seem very clear that a lot of these entrepreneurs, in heavy quotes, that had some of the largest, most influential companies in the world had some help, uh, more than some. And and it's usually not for a good reason. But um, I guess these computers, when they roll out after years of kind of just, you know, getting, I guess, the, the footwork, maybe it's possible, too, that uh, Jobs and Wozniak and, and uh, this other fellow, Wayne, Ronald Wayne, were subjects of MKUltra as well, right? Um, it's it's not outside the, the realm of possibility. And maybe, you know, the reason that Jobs is dead now is because he's, you know, becoming aware of what's going on and all this other shit. I don't know. I mean, th- this is nothing that I'm claiming here, but it's very interesting to think, you know, when you're starting something so powerful, they have to have something on you, it seems. There's stuff on Bezos. There's definitely stuff on Musk. There's stuff on all these people, and I just find it pretty, pretty damn interesting. But once they show the computers for the first time at this uh, homebrew computer club in Palo Alto, California, right? They show these computers to these people. They all nerd out. They love them. And the Apple One went on sale just a few months later after its founding. Remember, April of 1976, April Fool's Day specifically. And then in, what is it, July of 1976, so April, May, June, July, you've got three months later essentially, depending on when that hit uh, in the month, you're starting to get mass orders of these things. A 100 units of the Apple One was sold in its first bulk deal, and then about double that was created over a 10-month period from that uh, Apple, that homebrew computer club convention. And like I mentioned, the first... Selling price for the individual unit was $666.66. I'm sure that the wholesale uh, unit price was much lower, obviously. If you're buying 100 of these bitches, they're, they're cheaper. It's how, how things work. But I want to get into this logo a little bit, too, because the logos evolved a lot with the company. And I love logos. I love talking about the symbolism within them. There's um, a few that I'll rattle off here in a minute that are truly interesting, Um but the first logo, the first version of it with Isaac Newton and all that shit, was drawn by that Robert Wayne guy. I think that's kind of why they just picked him up. The guy could draw. So, you know, Wozniak and Jobs are like, hey, let's get this guy in here. His name is Ronald. He's not a Steve like us, but let's let's include him. Um I guess the the logo design itself was actually a brainchild of Jobs, if you want to say that. But yeah, Jobs created the idea of this Isaac Newton with the apple visibly there above his head about to fall, right? So it's like the moment before Isaac Newton discovers what gravity is and, and you know, is able to, to you know, prove it, I guess, right? Uh, so the story goes, it sounds weird, but uh, around the logo, I, I never knew this. I've seen the logo, uh, it has Apple, I think Apple computers in a ribbon around it. But then it says... Uh, really small around the border of the image. Newton, dot, dot, dot. A mind forever voyaging through strange seas of thought, dot, 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 alone. Kind of interesting, right? Now, Newton was uh, a lot of things, we know. But most importantly to this, and really to to everything that he did, he was an alchemist and a theologian, right? Or a theologian. I don't know how the fuck you pronounce some of these words, but uh, I've heard uh, people say it both ways. But... um. You know, meaning he's obsessed with spirituality, he's obsessed with religion, comparing religions and all this stuff. Um, and then the alchemy part, that's that's obviously a a huge deal, especially of his time, for sure. I mean, I know it's been prevalent in kind of like the underground societies and stuff, but his work in math and science and all that, it, it, it influenced billions and billions of people, but that's not what was actually important to him. I think that he, like Pythagoras, right? I mean they do shit on the side that is their main gig. The, the research in alchemy and this occult knowledge that Newton was obsessed with was, was his main thing. Math and science was just like his way to get into the mainstream. And he felt that it was of paramount importance to rediscover ancient ways of thought. And he he wanted to just basically connect with the Earth, Um And with the spiritual realm and all this stuff, the way that our old, old ancestors did. And he wanted to find out the old occult beliefs and practices, and he wanted to implement these in his daily life. And I'm sure he did, man. I mean, a lot of these people that go on to be, you know, absolutely massive, influential people like him, like Steve Jobs, like Wozniak even, even though he's not discussed nearly as much as Jobs. I mean, there's movies made out of him, several movies made out of him. I think there's a couple out of... uh, Wozniak, but Jobs is like this rock star figure, right? Taken too soon and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so significant to Apple's story, uh, Isaac Newton developed the theory of colors based on the observation that a prism decomposes white light into the many colors that are formed uh, throughout the visible spectrum, essentially the rainbow, right? We're told every color is present in a rainbow. And this is what a prism does. It makes more sense with the second generation Apple logo too, where you have the rainbow and all this stuff. But think about what a prism is too, right? Um, When we're at this point here in this whole topic, you know, glossing aside the second generation Apple logo with the rainbow colors inside of it, that's not a homosexual dig, I don't think. Although it could be Uh, part of it once we once we get to the end of this because there is a character in this that was you know arrested for being homosexual and uh seems to have a very massive influence over not only the apple logo but steve jobs himself too so um what what a prism does though getting back to that moving one beam of light into several right think about what that is think about what that means it's it's literally it's a it's a very in my opinion it's a basic alchemical process right a prism is this triangular pyramidal you know see-through optical thing right usually we're talking glass here sometimes plastic sometimes other shit but it refracts light it's used to break light right and um, just shows every single color that's out there. And opposite of E Pluribus Unum, right? Out of, out of uh, many, one. This is out of one, many. So I just found it interesting. A lot of uh, different ideas can definitely be thrown around there. And it does seem alchemical on the surface, like I mentioned. You're taking one thing and you're turning it into literally everything as far as colors go. Taking one, making it infinite. It's fascinating to me just from this perspective. I don't know if I'm articulating it correctly, but man, it's just the levels of messaging here in a simple logo to me is interesting. Now, we uh, we know that these occultists love their symbolism and it's really, you know, some of the largest companies out there I always thought was really funny. They have billions of dollars, endless endless dollars really to create badass logos. They have super... Simple, basic geometric shapes in their logos, and me and my dad always used to talk about this too. Like, a simple logo is like behind the biggest companies in the world. I'll I'll list a couple off here, but you know, my dad used to draw the craziest, coolest logos for companies that wanted him to draw logos, and they'd lo- they loved them. But a lot of these articulate, you know, immaculately drawn, so much detail, pinstriping, and all this cool shit. A lot of that stuff isn't. Relatable to people, at least we think. I mean, it really is. Look at the Harley logo, right? There's detailed wings, a cool shield. There's a lot of shit in that too, with the wings and the shield, different stuff. But, um, these massive companies have have basic logos. Again, circles, squares, fucking you know, triangles, diamonds. The Shell logo looks like a clip art, right? And um, I'll, I'll list a couple here just to kind of you know make you think a little bit about what some of these are. Target literally is just a monad, right? Showing what a compass uh like from the freemason compass and square, what the target logo is is what a compass draws when you use it, right? You have the center point, which would signify a dot, and then a perfect circle around that. That's a monad. It's it's I talked about it in my freemason symbolism episode. The shell one I mentioned, that's a reference to the rising sun and also the uh, shell that Venus is seen on. And uh, I forget what painting that is. Um, McDonald's is the Ram's horns. One of the biggest companies in the world with the dumbest looking M. It's not even like a proportional M, but it's Ram's horns. MasterCard is a reference to Pisces. I think it's called the uh, Vaseca Pisces. I'm not 100% sure, but um, think of when you draw like a Venn diagram. That's all that the fucking logo is for MasterCard. That little center area, that not to be crude, it kind of looks like it would be like a crude portrayal of a vagina. That would be the Pisces. And you've seen Pisces fish like crossing over that. Even the constellation Pisces is, uh, you know, making a reference to this MasterCard. I mean, MasterCard's making a reference to that, but wild. So yeah, Pisces in MasterCard. Nike, we know that's a Saturn ring. Uh, CBS, the Eye of Horus, supposedly. And, uh, don't even get me started on like Google and shit like this. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, wild stuff. And, uh, one that I came across when I was thinking about this stuff today, we had a two liter of seven up in the house here. And sometimes the names themselves, it doesn't necessarily need to be the logo, but the name seven up the seven chakras, right? Going up, starting from the feet to the crown. Wild, I mean, it's everywhere. You think, well, what the hell? Why did they call it Seven Up? Well, you know, maybe who knows? You know, maybe the kid when he thought of this idea, he was seven, and it was all up from there. You know, there's the stupidest stories about these, but um, you know, it's a, it's a reference to the chakras with that one. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. But um, back to Apple here, this prism reference within the second generation logo, and the wink to Newton with the apple. It's alluding to the idea that Apple, the company, has something to do with knowledge. Sacred knowledge at that, right? The Apple, uh, not even getting too far ahead here, but talking about like the, the, the fruit of knowledge and all this shit. Simply put, from this perspective, Isaac Newton making one of the most profound discoveries of all time based off of this Apple, so we're told that's what that represents here occult knowledge of the deepest deepest meaning here and um i mean you got to ask yourself are they telling us that we can gain access to all this occult knowledge through their product through their computer or that they hold the knowledge that we want within these computers some say that they're actually illuminating our minds through this technology and maybe that's all true but To me, that seems like we're giving them way too much credit here. I I do not think in any way, shape, or form that they want to give us knowledge. Maybe that's a trade-off. I saw in a movie, one of my favorite conspiracy movies of all time, just simply called The Conspiracy. The internet is their best tool, right? But it's also their worst enemy. We're able to learn a lot of things, but as as a population, we're not very smart and they're willing to give us unlimited information on the computer because they can get so much more from us on that, okay? And you're about to see where I'm going with this. But um like I said, I think it's given them way too much credit. And I think that they knew back in 1976, probably much, much further before this, but 76, because this is the founding of Apple. I think that they knew the role that Apple would play in the New World Order's agenda. And it would be to gain... Sacred knowledge, like the Apple represents in the damn logo. Sacred knowledge, the knowing of good and evil, sacred knowledge. But the sacred knowledge is our data. It's sacred to us, right? Your your health issues, your family, what you like, what you don't like, things that you don't want every single person to know about you, that to me is sacred, right? And these companies are obtaining our data. Facebook, TikTok, they collect a ton of data, but how do they do it? They do it on Apple's platform mostly, and 90% of it's through phones. You know, the rest of it's from computers, but again, Microsoft is similar. Google's similar, right? The Android, I believe, is Google, right? These are all branches of the same tree here. Apple is just so damn iconic. And I think that the reason why even I'm mentioning it here, you know, saying that it's more iconic is because the symbol is there. Microsoft is Bill Gates penis. That's, that's why he named it that. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but that's, you know, it's micro and it's soft. So that's why that's the name. It was vain. It was a vanity project. There's so much symbolism in this Apple. And, um, This is where I want to talk about a guy named uh, Regis McKenna. And that's a company as well. There's a man and then the company named after the man. He ran this company. According to a 1985 article in Los Angeles Times, McKenna is, quote, best known for taking the story of Apple computers founding in Los Altos, uh, in a Los Altos garage by a, a couple of young entrepreneurs and weaving the tale into part of our national folklore. Los Angeles Times, Apple is part of United States folklore at this point, and I don't disagree, but McKenna, you know, didn't only help Apple, tons of other, I mean, if you go to the website or look at their LinkedIn profile, they admit, and they're fully proud that, you know, they're the marketing geniuses behind Silicon Valley, right? I mean, it's it's, uh, it's the whole, whole marketing job, and, and we all know the way that you sell shit is through people like this, and... Man, uh Silicon Valley is just a, a massive it's a it's a freaking country over there, right? I mean, it's it's got a GDP of I mean, it it is it adds a lot to California's, you know, economy and everything. I mean, it's a wild, wild entity in its own there, but I guess, you know, the the power comes from the fact that good public relations are crucial for hundreds of small technology-oriented startup companies. Um This is his thought kind of why we're going to do this, why we're going to stick with, you know, specifically this new technology that's not even proven yet. But they knew where it was going and this guy was chosen and, um, you know, helped Apple and and many others. Now, um, I mentioned that Ronald Wayne drew the Isaac Newton one, right? The second generation, more iconic than the initial one. I think it's the most iconic, personally. I mean, the the uh, modern one, the chrome Apple, is obviously iconic as well. But that, that rainbow Apple really sticks out in my own mind. And, and I think it does with a lot of other people, too. Um, I remember seeing the stickers all over you know, my dad's office because, like I said, he he always used the Apple products. And by the time they came out with the iPod, they reimagined the logo. But the guy that drew that uh, second-generation logo is Rob Janoff, I believe it is. I don't know if it's Janoff or Hanoff. J-A-N-O-F-F, if you want to look them up. Designed other logos, too. Uh, other big logos. They supposedly came out of the hippie culture, him and Steve Jobs. And... Rob Janoff said in an interview that the rainbow color was used because the Apple II was the first home and personal computer that can reproduce images on the monitor in colors. So it represents color bars on a screen. Also an attempt to make the logo very accessible to everyone, especially the youths, targeting the youth. And this is why the rainbow was selected, in my opinion, for the homosexual community. Nothing against gay people, but the community kind of sucks. Uh they seem to really be targeting kids again with the fucking rainbow. This guy admits that rainbow stuff attracts kids. I mean, it's it, why wouldn't it? It's a bunch of colors that don't really belong together all thrown together. Um it's it's genius, but in the wrong hands it's, you know, used for bad things and oftentimes this is how it works out. Now um where do I leave off here? Um, it's uh, the, the reason why he wanted to appeal to youths wasn't to, you know, attack them per se, but it was to get them into schools. So getting all these computers in schools was the move. And the rainbow logo in Janoff's words was also to humanize the company, right? All these companies at the time had very, uh, you know, white collar prim proper logos. This one was just like a casserole of colors and it was a fun little apple, Uh, Not even a symmetrical apple. There's a bite taken out. It's just goofy, right? That was the the idea. Um, Now, the second generation logo, according to John Scully, a former executive of Apple, represents all love, hope, knowledge, and anarchy in one thing. Kind of an interesting uh, little phrase to come out of an executive. And the newest version of the logo is a chrome apple, as I mentioned, with a bite taken from it. They've all had bites taken from them, from the actual apple logo itself now once this was thought to be a uh, reference to bytes, b-y-t-e right not bite like a bite taken out of the apple but a bite like a computer eight bits but according to the designer this rob janoff guy was never the case the bite was never meant to represent b-y-t-e it was b-i-t-e and it always was a reference to the bite that Eve took out of the forbidden fruit, which is widely thought to be an apple. Some people say it's like a pomegranate or other fruits. I even have another theory that's pretty fun here. And uh, one thing I should mention too is that malum, if I'm pronouncing it right, M A L U M, malum, in Latin means both evil and apple. It's why it's associated so much with like Snow White. You know, I mean, you see a lot of stories here. And this is that fun little theory I was going to kind of get into just a little bit on the uh, fruit from the tree of knowledge. Most fruit in the 17th century, I believe it was, was referred to as some kind of apple. Cucumber was an earth apple. Tomatoes were love apples and so on. You kind of like get the, get the get the image, whatever it looks like. They, they say the name before it. I, I would have called a cucumber a dick apple. You know, they kind of look weird like that. But hey, um, they're good in hummus. I'll say that. Tomatoes love apples. Um, there's this hallucinogenic thorn apple from the uh, fruit of the Datura plant. And again, this this weird-looking fruit, It's a, it looks like a sea urchin almost, was called a thorn apple, okay? And again, this is hallucinogenic, and this is thought to be the real fruit from the Tree of Knowledge in the Garden of Eden because supposedly the hallucinogenic drug from this thorn apple, as it's called, Has a long history of getting the user, the consumer of this thing, in contact with the cosmic serpent. Interesting, huh? Um, But yes, the byte, B-Y-T-E, also is obviously significant here. And I found some things that kind of make sense. I mean, you know, with the the eight bits that are stored in one byte, a single bit is a simple portrayal of duality. As simple as it gets. Either zero or one. And that holds information. So in one byte, you have eight zeros and ones, and those all mean something, if I'm understanding this correctly. Not the biggest computer tech guy, if you believe that. But the zero and one represents both one and zero, on or off, true or false, male or female, ignorance, knowledge, good, evil. You see the duality? It's interesting. Byte, B-Y-T-E, or byte, B-I-T-E. I would say both. I mean, again, so many levels of, of hidden messaging here within this. Tons of duality throughout it. And um, th- this is the last thing that I'll leave you off with here. I-, I found this to be truly, truly interesting and maybe a little more representative of why there could be a rainbow logo for Apple. Um, Alan Turning, I guess the father of the modern computer, who I'd never heard of. Uh, Alan Turing, Turing, not turning, T-U-R-I-N-G, Turing, my bad, um, he was imprisoned on the charges of homosexuality in 1952, and he was first subjected to chemical castration, and then treatment with female hormones, and in 1954, he actually killed himself with a cyanide-poisoned apple. His favorite movie was Snow White as a kid, so, you know pretty pretty freaking interesting right there uh a homosexual guy killing himself with an apple what a what a nice homage to mr turing uh you know again the father of the modern day computer a homosexual and a suicide victim so pretty wild shit tons of uh i mean and and, and that's just the surface level stuff it's mostly about the logo obviously there's ton about the uh foundation of the story I'm sure there's way more occult knowledge and I'm sure someone's done a much deeper dive I just thought this was a cool little thing to try and pack into 30 minutes going on a little past that but that's okay um, I've got two more episodes coming out uh, today uh, really so it is the as you may know anniversary of JFK's assassination Ghost and I did an absolutely incredible episode and I'm not saying that because we brought the knowledge there was a fella, Corey Hughes I believe his name was that came on, X cop uh, just a, a really, really smart dude and also broke down just the wildest factual and then also some like, I mean, he'll tell you that they're all 100% facts and I'm not disagreeing with the guy. I, I, I can't disprove anything that he says, but a lot of this stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. Um Very, very well done stuff and and I can't thank Corey enough and thank Ghost for inviting me on to do that with him because he's the one that reached out to Mr. Hughes and and got that episode together. So honored that I could be a part of that because, man, I, I learned a ton of stuff. And I actually brought some stuff forward too. I've got a book called Dark Mission, mostly about NASA and that weird shit. And um, there's a whole section in there about Kennedy's, um, a theory about Kennedy's assassination. So we talk about all that stuff. And um, it starts off fast. The guy's a fast talker. But I slow him down, I kind of interject, I felt like I interrupted a lot, but I had to slow him down, ask him a few questions, and he answers every question and just kills it. So, look forward to that. I look forward to hearing the feedback from you guys. And then also the regularly released Cunt episode on Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, Conspiracy Underground News team, all that shit. So, uh, lots of stuff, man. That JFK episode and Cunt, you can always listen to on my Third Eye podcast as well. This is another Monday Night Master Debaters. Also, really, really thankful to Operation Red Pill for sharing their knowledge with us as well. And uh, hopefully going to talk a little more about being a state national in tonight's Monday Night Master Debaters. Tonight being next week on this feed, but tomorrow on Matt's feed, the Great Deception Podcast. So thank you so much, guys. That was probably super confusing. I don't know how I got that out somewhat coherently. Hopefully I didn't mix up any days, but lots of content coming out here guys and the patrons will be uh pretty pleasantly surprised I've got a, a banger banger episode that I'm actually gonna release to the five dollar and up people because they're just you know super supportive and gonna you know do a, a pretty dope little thing about the occult holidays and um then I'm gonna do a big one on Christmas for everybody here so can't thank you enough guys. Listen to this episode, enjoy it, and uh, subscribe to all my friends. They're all awesome. I associate with them because I think they're good people, and uh, you're good people too, okay? Getting into the crazy time of the year, so anyone needs anything, not financially, but if anyone needs to talk to somebody or anything, hit me up. I'm always here, and I appreciate the support so much. It's the least I can do, guys. Enjoy this one. Operation Red Pill.
3: First-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take
3: lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew.
0: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
4: And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. This one I've been waiting for for a while. We have the gentleman from Operation Red Pill. How's it going, boys? Oh, it's awesome, man! Happy to be here, man. Yep, glad to be here. So, we had some technical difficulties, but we got <laughs> through it, right, Jason? Yep. We're good.
0: We're good. We're solid. Um, anybody that owns a Roadcaster, if y'all know where I, where I can talk to Road directly, I don't want to punch him in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> the way the way Jackie Gleason said, but I definitely want to give him a piece of my mind,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right in the kisser.
0: Yeah, right? Just <laughs> take the engineers out back and be like, mm, we need to have a discussion. We need to make this a little more user-friendly. No doubt. But yeah, we pushed through, man. Our whole laptop just crashed on us probably about 10 minutes before we were we were getting on uh, to log in. And you talk about a mad scramble. We had hey, to pull you made the, it. Oh,
4: That's we did. all we that matters. And thank <laughs> you. I appreciate the effort because most people would have just said, fuck it, and left. And so. <laughs> you know, we were scared.
0: We're like, hey, man, tell them we're on our way. Tell them don't
4: leave. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, we're talking to the weed, man. I'm on my
0: way. Tell them right around the corner.
4: So what do you guys got going on on Red Pill? I mean, I know you, listen, everybody that follows me should know by now that I'm a big fan of your guys' show. Uh, I listened, I've been listening to all of them, and I've been catching up on the older ones now. I'm getting back in the catalog but the 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 Marvel one that you did with Ryan sucked me in, And I gotta say, your show is great, guys. You guys bring knowledge, you bring entertainment. it's It's one of those where I, you keep putting out shows like that. I'm gonna keep sharing it because people need to hear what you guys are putting out. I, I said it before we started recording that there's you know, there's a million podcasts out there that do current events and and do, you know, uh, symbolism and stuff like that what you guys are doing is taking important categories and tying it into how it relates to today. Like the trivium that you just, episode you just did was everybody needs to hear that because that stuff is, it blew my mind. You know, you get into the, 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 that's the building blocks of what we need today. And Mm -hmm. it seems like we've gone in the opposite direction.
1: Right. For sure. Thanks for the, the accolades. Like we're just a couple of guys sitting around, you know, doing research. It's, it's funny. Um, it was right before I think we were supposed to do that Marvel episode with Ryan. You went on this rant on your show that some people think they're interesting, and they're not really very interesting, and they shouldn't have a podcast. And I was listening to it going, oh, man, I hope that's not us. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be farther from the truth, man. And Jason, I got to say,
4: Ryan? Jason, <laughs> you are like my best friend from high school. I, like, oh, I heard your song? voice, and I'm like, holy shit, that's is that and i had to i had to ask ryan what's jason's last name because i'm like that it better not be an old friend from high school because well you sound like him your name was jason and i was like oh shit that was the thing Matt was like he was like dude one of those guys
2: sounds exactly like my old high school buddy and i was like who chris or jason you're like get out of here that dude's name is jason and it was just so funny (laughs) it's like the same the same exact guy but yeah to be clear to be clear though Chris, yeah, not you guys, you guys are interesting. There's some people out there that are very smug and there's been a lot of of, you know, internal drama in this podcast community and they think that they're interesting people and they're not. It's not you guys, man. There's a lot of really really people out there that are just not good for what what we're trying to do as a collective here and you guys are not that. You guys are are killing the game and I think you guys should have a much bigger show than you do and I hope that, you know, I can do anything to help you grow. And I, I think that you guys will just organically grow into a, a powerhouse, dude. Like Matt said, everyone needs to listen to your stuff. The Halloween show, stuff's yep. all really cool, dude. Well,
0: I gotta well, tell you know, you. both of you guys, um, first off, that's amazing, amazing compliment. But um, I've been blown away by the reception I received from both of you. Uh, Christopher hit me up the other day and he was like, hey man, I need you to listen to this podcast at least seven minutes in i'm like dude i've got 15 podcasts to listen to in one night you're just gonna throw more on me he's like i'm telling you do that one and then do the one that ryan did and you need to go 50 minutes into that one i'm like oh my gosh so i get to listening i believe i'm listening to yours matt and we're going in and we're listening and you start talking about something i said oh my god that sounds- so first thought was somebody else has the exact same name as our podcast. <laughs> like we should have trademarked sooner.
4: <laughs>
0: and I was like, wait a minute. That is us. I was like, that's crazy. And then I got to the one Ryan, you were doing, uh, which I think you, you did right after we recorded our episode with you. And you were talking about Marvel. And I was like, he stole our stuff. <laughs> I was like, stole it, and he delivered it better than we did. I was like, oh, this is great, Christopher. We got to go bill him, and we also got to re-record our entire episode. We got to redo it from scratch. So, now I really appreciate all of the uh, wonderful support that we received from both of you because it's actually shown a lot. Our uh, listenership has has really shot up, and uh, I was as it should. I was like, Christopher, I think we got pressure now, man. Like now we really have to be we gotta know what we're talking about
1: right knowing people are listening and stuff it, it, it kind of gives us some, some more juice it's, it's, it's pretty sweet
4: yeah it's a lot different in the beginning when you're just doing it and you're like man are we the only ones listening to what we're putting out and then <laughs> yeah. then you then you get some people reacting and then you get your regulars that are right. like you know talking to you about every episode and then you're like okay now it's real now i gotta now I got to yeah. tighten up the belt, and I got to bring bring the A-game. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to let these people down.
0: Right. It was like, no pressure at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, Matt, once I was like, <clears throat> who's Matt? The guy from the Great Deception. Mm-mm. Nope. I got a one extra podcast limit. <laughs> like, That's all I can do. So, now nah, this has been absolutely phenomenal. So, what
1: do you want to talk about today, man? Uh, you want to do Satanic Control Matrix? Sure, because
0: I got that on the top of my head to just talk about. You do? Oh wait, let's
1: <laughs> let's try this. We've been working on this elevator pitch for the show. So, Jason, what is your what is your podcast about? Stuff. <laughs>
0: you
4: really should know.
0: <laughs> I had a guy at work come up to me and he was like, uh, he was talking. To me. I said, "Yeah." He said, "Ask me what I was going to do," and I said, uh, "I got to go out of town I got to record a pod uh, episode for my podcast." I do with my best friend. He goes, awesome, man. What's your podcast about? And I was like, uh. Yeah. It's awkward to tell people, huh? It's like. It is. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> what made me so mad is I had worked on, like, four or five different versions in case I was ever in that situation. They all instantly disappeared. Yeah. Like, evaporated. And the guy was just looking at me. And I was like, we talk about stuff. And I just turned around and walked away. Yeah. And like, no. <laughs> Worst sales pitch ever. But you said 30 seconds about what, it, what our show's about? Yeah, like an elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. If I was talking to someone, um, I basically tell them our show is about looking at some of the systemic issues in various aspects of culture and to see if there's a connection between those issues that we see. If there may maybe agendas that are attributing to those systemic issues. And if there are, what things does scripture tell us that we can do to stave that off or at least deal with it until better times come about?
2: I, I like the first one more. more. I like we talk about stuff. <laughs> we more. talk about stuff. Yeah. About yeah. <laughs> right. And he got turn around. You got give him the cold shoulder. That's funny. Yeah. Leave one more. No, man. Yeah. I, I really do like that idea of of relating biblical things, uh, the 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 word of the Bible. And dude, you know, I I say it all the time. I'm agnostic. I really don't understand. And I'm not ever trying to pretend that I understand history like Matt does, or understand the Bible like you two do. um But I mean, we all kind of bring our own little elements to this stuff. And that's what's so cool about it. And that's what's really cool about this kind of a group roundtable thing is we can all throw our thoughts around and come at it from, even though there's only three shows here, four different perspectives. Obviously, Jason Mm -hmm. and Chris, you guys have different perspectives. And that's what makes it cool, dude. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to to learn more about this whole satanic matrix that you guys are talking about. I know we're going to get into all kinds of things. We never, you know, try to to set off to talk about any specific thing obviously matt's show here but it's always been just organic free flowing stuff but starting off talking about something that you guys are very knowledgeable about something i'm very interested in and i try to get into this about how the government is satanic and this is what makes me believe more in christianity and the god of the christian religion is because it seems that the government and the powers that be Not only believe in the devil, but worship it, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever is going on and you just see it. And whether that's a sigh out to make us have these kinds of conversations, because I'm not, I'm not um, above thinking any which way, shape or form about this stuff. There's something to it. There's something to the Satan worshiping. There's something to the darkness and the stuff that they're pushing on people. The thing that you guys mentioned uh, right off the bat, when we did our episode together on Marvel was how the TV was an occult tool to make people uh brainwashed, right? And and make mm-hmm. people more subjectable to different uh methods of of thinking. I I just want to get into whatever you guys want to get into, man. I'm I'm stoked to hear this shit. And then Matt, like where, where you're coming from too, with the historical stuff. I'm sure we can like, you know, come across a lot of different things here for sure. Well,
4: and, and that's what I enjoy about your guys' perspective and how you tie it to scripture, because I'm not familiar with scripture you know i know general stories but when you guys can reference specific details and and multiple details it gives it that much more credence you know and that's one of the things that we're kind of looking to because i've i have i'm not gonna lie i have my doubts about the uh, about the scripture because you know everything's been manipulated in this world so for me to wholeheartedly believe in it but at the same time when i open it and i actually read it It doesn't feel like other books, you Mm -hmm, know, the the words hit you differently. So uh, from that standpoint, when, when you all come at it or people that are well-versed in scripture come at it, it, it not only, you know, helps me understand it better, but also gives me a better understanding of when I'm reading it, that this is legitimate, you know, this is not manipulated as, as much as I think it was, you know, because there's a lot to it right books have been taken out um it, it's been edited down over the years there's been obviously translations and we know what happens in translation so that's where my skepticism comes from but when i i hear folks like y'all that are well versed in it that's where i start getting into it and and i i respect that and appreciate that angle that you bring to it thanks
0: yeah, absolutely. I I, I know you were saying thanks to me, though. So that was a strange
2: response. <laughs> no, I, well, I, let's st- let's
1: stop sucking it. each other's dicks yeah.
2: here, and let's. Uh, I mean, what are, so, what do we got, dude? I what mean, is God.
1: yeah?
4: What do we got with this satanic control matrix? You had you had me at it. I've I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it.
0: So here's here's the basic idea. Um, we know that people who are in positions of power are looking to. Try to increase that power, right? And basically, the way you do that is by implementing control. And like we said in that that thirty second pitch, you know, if I'm sitting down, I'm talking to someone over a dinner table. My approach is a little bit different about what we do. And if they're like, "Hey, talk to me about your podcast," cool. Here's really what this show is about. This show does look at systemic issues across various sectors of society, right? But let's just pick three. Let's talk education. Let's talk um, entertainment, if you will. And then let's let's talk government geopolitics. You look at education. Why does our educational system seem to be built off of the same model that our prison industrial complex functions off of? You know, why is there cognitive conditioning mechanisms that are put in place that seem to have um, Pavlovian response echoes to it? You know, why are we Teaching our kids things like that. You look at entertainment. We start asking questions like, "Why is it that our our news seems to work off of emotional manipulation and fear based fear mongering?" Right? Why is it that our entertainers seem to implement occult strategies? Or at some point in time, especially the top entertainers, always seem to have this history of they either either were involved in some occult ritual. That is synonymous with some of their iconic Oscar worthy performances, or they are sympathetic to occult religions like Kabbalah, or they are have gone through some sort of occult ritual to gain access to the higher levels of Hollywood and why do the Hollywood elites seem to be not only sympathetic, but actually practitioners of deep occult uh, religions right? That, that That's an issue. Why does our technology seem to be weaponized against us where it actually seems to work off of manipulating our biology and our physiology so that it exploits those things that it finds there in order to manipulate our thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. This is just the first two. When we start talking, looking at other areas, say, like geopolitics and government. Why do we have a government that at its inception Says that it was founded to all pagan gods, yet seems to say we should have a separation between church and state. That mm-hmm. violates the laws of logic. I'm like, well, what's going on there? How is it that we have a, a governmental system that seems to be able everywhere it goes to implement debt, to implement war, to implement destruction at Sprouse. its own behest, right? These are all things that you can't talk about. So as we started looking at those things, started exploring that. We started noticing this structure. Let me not even say it that way. God started pointing out to us this structure that became more apparent the more questions that we asked. And it was like this system of constant control, whether it was at the individual level through education, the social level through your news, your entertainment, your you know big tech, or if he was even at the global level through geopolitics, right, or the implement, implementation of the new world order. We started paying deeper attention to that type of stuff, and what we saw was a system that was implemented behind the scenes that seemed to try to implement control across the globe. And mm-hmm. I was like, "It's called a satanic control matrix. That's what you're looking at." And the way this thing seems this the way this thing seems to be able to exist is it exists in a stealth like fashion, right in front of your eyes. But the way that it operates is it operates behind the scenes. As long as you don't ask questions like the ability to ask insightful, reasonable, um, intellectually sound and even intuitive questions is important to identify this matrix that's in front of us. And that's why I think people are strategically detuned so that they don't work that way so that they don't actually start thinking about things from a logical fashion so they don't start investigating things and any anytime you do start any sort of investigation you go too far somehow you end up in an accident
2: uh-oh no he's just sharing I was, a screen <laughs> i was like then i caught us already
0: I didn't <laughs> so i was it. well and dude what,
2: what you were saying jason i know i know matt's got something that i and i'm curious what this is but dude the idea of like, you know, a, a kid going to school and getting a major and then like a minor or two. It mm-hmm. seems like all of our world leaders are like their major is in magic. And then their minor, if you're a politician, you have a major in magic, and then you have a minor in governance. Or if you're an actor, you've got a minor in acting. Or if you're an athlete, maybe you, you know, you're you're uh you know athletically gifted, but anything that uh, you know if, when you're tapping into Tubal Cain, and when you're good at what you're doing, you mm-hmm. are summoning Tubal Cain. In the words of the Freemasons, I mean, they say this straight up. So Tubal Cain being the first, uh, you know, creator of weapons, supposedly according to the the theory. But every single one of these politicians, presidents, prime ministers, whatever, they're magicians, high level uh, shamans, maybe right, wizards but, almost, wizards exactly. That's a good word, but they have a minor in politics or acting or whatever Mm -hmm.
0: i've wondered about that i've wondered how it is that there that there seems to be a consistent means of direction no matter who's in office they're
2: all on the same page man
0: yeah that's what what that's what i started to figure out you know that's what started to become more apparent it's like we got two wings of the same bird
2: Two heads of the same eagles when what I said.
0: Yeah, see? And then every it, the, the bird's still flying the same direction. You know, when you go through and you look at just the last, what, 50, 60 years, you look at the last set of presidents that we had, there's a good admixture between Democrat and Republican, right? Yeah. But it, our country is still maintaining a steady decline. I'm like,
1: how?
4: How is that possible? All right, Jason, this is how it's possible. Jimmy breaks it down right here. Do you
5: figure out that the Republicans and Democrats are serving the same fucking oligarchs, and they do it just in slightly different ways? Until you realize that, you will continue to be oppressed by the people you think are your friends.
4: Well, right, that's simple. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. they they are all working for the same bird, right? It's that it's it's the corporate now right? Everything's owned by corporations. So they, if we were to take
1: corporations,
4: (laughs) yeah, if, well, if we could take money out of politics, right, you'd have a whole different uh, scheme, right? A whole different setup right now. There'd be a, a, a much different layout of things. Right. But you can't do that. Exactly. You need that
0: because of the Babylonian money magic that's being practiced through the monetary system. Yep. See, all this stuff keeps going back, like you, you said a moment ago, all of it keeps going back to have some sort of a spiritual uh, component to it that can't be ignored. It functions in the background. Anytime you say something about it, you, you you get accosted or you get labeled, right? But it seems to to constantly be in this stealth mode of very capable, very powerful, but doesn't want to be called out. It likes the press when it wants it, but it doesn't want to be called out, especially not by Christians. And I think that's because of the spiritual power that is resident in Jesus Christ and what that can do to the powers that be. You know, but started- right
2: now, Jason, they 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 welcome the calling out. They welcome it, and that's what's interesting about the thing that Obama said a little while ago, where once there are so many conspiracy theories that the conspiracy theorists themselves are so confused mm-hmm. that they don't know which way is up, down, left, right then we, the government, has already won. And that's what's going on right now, dude. You have people uh, really arguing like crazy about like the smallest little details of different conspiracy theories out there to the point yeah. where it's become clownish. And I hate to say it, but 2020 and the pandemic really spurred that on because everyone's a conspiracy theorist now. Everyone kind of kind of acknowledges the idea that, yeah, maybe the government's fucking us around a little bit. Right. And, you see,
0: there's a difference, Ryan, between calling out a conspiracy and actually pointing out the truth. You well, know? yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But sometimes the truth does get talked about sometimes. in this mess. Right, right. You're you're right. But there's so much, so much convoluted uh rhetoric that's out there that like you're saying, much. It serves oh absolutely, because it serves a distinctive purpose where if you mix garbage in with with clean stuff, the clean stuff gets polluted.
4: Alistair right. Crowley and, talked and, about
2: it's an age of nihilism.
4: Yeah, and we but, talked about that last week, Ryan, about that uh, that CIA agent that we the video didn't work, but uh, he, what he was talking about was how the CIA was going around to different news stations and they would plant mm-hmm. little bits of false information. Yeah, yeah. with well, every leaflets. story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe and, the first
0: director or second director of the CIA actually stated that you know we've got people in places in every branch of major media. Mm -hmm. are able to help control the narrative yep so i think there have to be people who actually call out not just you know these theories but call out truth and point those things out point out the inconsistency and stay on topic you know not get caught off in all of these tangential issues or every sort of conspiracy theory because that's that's not what we're after we're after looking at the core thing like i want to know why is it that so many of our leaders seem to be involved in occult rituals
4: Mm. and why is our culture built on occult rituals, exactly. right? Our, everything is, dude, yeah. I mean, Everything,
2: holidays, yeah. gatherings, yeah. handshakes—the mm-hmm. way that we freaking introduce each other—that's all mm-hmm. occult stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was the one that asked you to bring this back up, Matt, because you brought this up, and then you, you know, what is? Oh this? no, this
4: is just backing up what Jason says, and basically, this is the p- period of manipulation, right? And and so what they're saying is, at the top, you would have those that are in the Illuminati, right? The 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 knowing, those in the know. And it's a small group. So not everybody at the base level, not every banker, right? Not every person in church or education is corrupt. But the higher up you get, the way you get up that pyramid is like Jason said before, you're involved in these occult activities. Yeah, Mm because the
0: system is corrupt. And normally the gatekeepers at those intermediary levels of progression are corrupt.
4: Yes. But like you said, not
0: everybody is corrupt corrupted by that they're normally affected by it but they're not directly involved in some of the stuff that we're talking about Well, and in <laughs> this
2: pyramid it lays it out so well because there's the the uh you know the vertical lines that uh, it's funny it's kind of like the new food pyramid right the vertical lines yep. there but then there's also the horizontal lines and i picture a different level of gatekeeper at each one of these lines as you move higher and higher up you're understanding let's just take something as basic as like the star of david as we call it that has a different symbol as you transcend. And I'm not picking on the Jews here at all, obviously. What I'm saying is that there is a different understanding with the white triangle pointing up, the black triangle pointing down, and what that means. Is that the Star of David? Is it the Seal of Solomon? Is it that other thing? I forget the damn name of it that uh, they say Metatron's that it's devil's... Cube. What is it?
1: Metatron's Cube.
2: Metatron as well. But then there's the other one... Um, that it's I think it starts with an R and they say it's like a symbol of the devil. Something like that. But it, I'm it, not sure about that one. I'll, I'll try and find it real quick while we're talking. Because, yeah, what I'm saying is that the Freemasons themselves and everyone, every single occult group out there says that I can show you a circle and it'll mean something to you, but you are a low-level initiate or you're not initiated at all. And it's going to mean something different to each level of initiate. Because they have the, f- the more full understanding of what that symbol means. That's why I use the star, David, because there's many, many different meanings of that symbol, depending on where you're coming at it from and what level of occult knowledge you're applying to that symbol. Right. I'll find the symbol, though, real quick.
4: Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and like, Jason, like you were saying, too, I mean, what do they what do they list on the bottom here? just about every industry right you got banking mm-hmm. business military politics education media it's every everything that you named and then they even add the intelligence agencies and the drug companies because those you know when you get on the the upper right hand side of this and you get into the organized crime medicine drug companies intelligence agencies what's the difference between any of them
0: right you right you know they're, they're, the they're
4: all in the same group mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: it's funny though i look at that and all i see is occult practitioners yep in almost every area illegal drugs i mean that's basically pharmakia and sorcery you know same with medicine intelligence agencies they tend to work off the same way the occultist does through deception and manipulation religion best place possible to plant people that are under you know satanic control especially if they've got altered personalities they can be activated right there and steer large amounts of crowds. Media, oh, that you can do that all day long. That one's easy. Education, politics, military, business, banking. This, is, this society right here, it's like the you, you got everything right there. Yep. And all of it, like we said, is influence. And looking at just the actual shape they used, a pyramid, that's not accidental. Nope. That's an esoteric, has esoteric meaning embedded in it as well.
4: And, and the capstone is huge, too, and significant as well. And and right. what do they put up there? They put the top of the top, right? Cream of the Absolutely. crop up there.
0: I think it was um,
4: uh,
0: Gary Wayne who, who talks about the fact that the occult uses taciturn language. Yes. Uh, in order to, to ensure its survival, which I thought was interesting, because if you're as powerful as you keep telling me you are, um, then why this need to operate in the shadows, right? And I think Manly P. Hall said it great. It was because of what the church was doing, the fact that they were stomping this stuff out, the fact that they were making sure that the occultists had no place in society. And so they went underground and they started encoding these things and they started making sure that everyday people like you and me didn't know what these things meant. And then constantly keeping it in our face, our subconscious is picking this stuff up. Passing it along, but we're convoluting the meanings so that the true meaning is never revealed, only to those who are the initiates, like you said, uh, people that have actually professed their allegiance to to Satan um, through some of these esoteric arts and and these occult rituals and occult schools that they that they go to, and in turn we're left wondering, well, what does all of this mean? And then we normally dismiss it. While other people who are skilled in this understand exactly what's being communicated
4: yeah and the, and the more I looked at it, you know it it really kicked me in the face when I looked at the apotheosis of Washington in, in yeah, the that Capitol was a big
1: one for me <laughs> and
4: you start looking at that and you're like, oh my god and then and then you start tying in all the Roman uh representation in our system all the roman statues the the monuments the the policy even it's it's almost like this was just a handoff i was and, shocked that they paid for it yeah right i was like yeah
0: for a country that says separation of church and state i was like you guys paid for that whole you know mural or whatever to be put on the underside of the dome are you kidding me we put a cross up you want a screen. yep but this was okay I didn't see not one, not one. Okay, I can give you a couple where you're like, "Eh, we got we got a few pagan things." I didn't see one Christian symbol. Nope.
1: Was, no, uh, that,
0: that was just an oversight. You know, <laughs> the, the guy really meant to put it in there. He just Oops. got busy, right? Yeah, he slipped. Right. I'm like, there's no way, and they put this on a principal building over oh. top of your head, and then they build the Washington Monument right across from it. Yep i was like you have to be kidding me it was like you know what it was funny when i started getting into some of this stuff i was interested in a lot of different things but i would call them a lot of mainstream things that were just entertaining this stuff took over my my whole interest level because it was so fascinating i'm like i wish they would teach this stuff like you feel like
4: You feel like Indiana Jones, as you start to uncover this stuff, it's like, yeah, there's these old mysteries. And then when you, when you dig into it and you start to understand it now, I, I have some knowledge that's actually useful. Whereas right. what was, what were we doing before? Ah, you know, playing video games, watching sports, just wasting my time with any and every TV show or movie or Netflix. It's like, man, then you get this bug, forget about it. You can't get yeah. back in that other path anymore.
0: Yeah. I was stuck. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Supernatural. Yes, but I was I was watching that. And it was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed Sam and Dean Winchester and all and then some of the little stuff they would get into. I was like, mm, kind of interesting. I started getting into this. I stopped watching it. Yep. I was like, this is way more fascinating. Like I drive people nuts now. I, my family, <laughs> my, my dad's family is from DC. So every time I drive through there, I'm pointing stuff out. They're like, shut up.
4: I don't want to know. The like, whole this- layout, the whole city is right. set up. Even the way it was handed over to them was handed over by Jesuits, you know, and it was and and even Mer- Maryland, it's it's all Mary worship, and that's all it is. It's like it's so upside down. And most people don't have a clue, and that's the scariest part.
0: Right. They don't have a clue and they're so steeped in opinion that if yes. you start to talk to them, you've got to fight through this this deeply uh inculcated opinion about the world where i'm like can we just deal with facts let's just deal with that
4: and not how you feel about it but they've been so well indoctrinated you know they they have have been so well trained that they are smart right that they Mm -hmm. know they've been taught the right thing in their own head that, that oh no 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 this is what i learned in school this is what it is anything you tell me against that 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 can't be that's just oh that's just conspiracy come on guys you you know
0: christopher and i are constantly talking about there's a need i think to be to to be sensitive and empathetic to people who have you know different views about stuff like this because it wasn't too long ago that we were in the same camp yep you know it's it's not like we're some geniuses it's just the fact that god chose to to reveal some of the stuff to us and we did some research that we think a, a little bit differently than people around us so i think there's definitely a need to be empathetic to where okay listen i'm not judging like you're an idiot because you you believe this um what i am saying is let's start to take some steps to at least let's think rational if we can yeah you know let's look at the truth and the facts and let's look at what things actually are because the truth is oftentimes more interesting and stranger than fiction
4: oh without a doubt without a doubt and and it's it's funny because you look at some of these things that are pushed on us in the mainstream now i mean it's just uh, we, and we keep we're going to use it over and over inversion because everything mm-hmm. has been flipped upside down the natural is now unnatural the unnatural is becoming regular and it's just it's so bizarre and we were talking about it before and i i really it goes back to the, you know, I think the Book of Enoch times when you have we're in that still that battle of the fallen angels. and it it's taken over this realm ever since and and that's the grips that we're in. and that's the the forces that we're battling is is this unnatural, perverted way
1: right. I mean, that's the thing that the I don't want to say the only thing, but I think that's the thing that makes the most sense is if you look at the the biblical narrative, and we haven't had this slow progression of technology you know like like they try to tell us from hunter gatherer stage and you know slowly developing it it clearly didn't happen that way you know from uh, micro artifacts to the anacathera mechanism i mean we have these these little reveals that the the progression of the of human culture and technology is not what mainstream um education tries to tell us
4: and and, but why and the, the question then begs why do they hold on to it so tightly why do they have to manipulate history why do they have to manipulate currency why do they have to do this it's is it just power is it just control or is it something more is it a spiritual? And that's where I'm going with it. Is it is it spiritual? Is it for the soul? Is, is that what the battle is? Because from what I've heard, the, they don't have souls. They aren't able to create. So they need our energy, our spirituality, so to speak, to be able to do anything in this realm.
0: I think it's bigger than that. I definitely think that's a component of it. But I don't think that the principal focus is just about humanity. I think if we make it that, then we lose focus of what the real issue is. And I think the real issue is about unseating Jesus Christ as Lord of not just this realm, but of all creation and supplanting him with the replacement. And then in turn, enthroning Lucifer to replace Yahweh. Like that's what all of this boils down to. That's the whole point of what, what scripture is showing. Humanity is caught in the crossfire. Yeah, we have some, we have inherent value from our creator. And we we have meaning to each other to a certain degree. And yes, there are things that the spiritual spiritual entities or celestial entities can get from us, like you were saying, the ability to, you know, siphon from our energy field, the ability to get some of the life-sustaining power that they no longer have access to from uh from Yahweh but beyond that there's also like this cosmic court case going on which is about showing that Yahweh is unfit to rule if you can prove your point so far they have not been successful (laughs) you know but this is the point If, if we can show that his character is 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 flawed that he's not loving that he's not giving that his justice isn't truly just that he's not morally perfect then we could say he doesn't
4: deserve to rule right and that, is that why they always go back to the old testament and say you know look at look at your god he's so you know he's so loving that he would you know kill and wipe out and he's so you know some would say he's almost bipolar in in the mm. old testament
1: right like the the whole what is it richard dawkins he's got the your god is You know, uh, genocidal, homophobic, infant, infant, infanticidal. And he's just got this whole list, which is pretty interesting for uh, an entity that you don't think exists to have such an exhaustive list of characteristics for him. Dude, that's the same with
2: Yuval Harari, man. He's this gay dude that, you know, works for the World Economic Forum that that is an atheist. And he talks about God a whole lot even Mm -hmm. though he's an atheist, it's very strange. And he, you know, he's Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. He says he compares the four of us and every other human that's like us to rats. And he says, what if the rats realize what we're doing to them? They would actually (laughs) come and kill us. And he's saying this in front of other rich, wealthy, untouchable elites. And that's what they think of us as, is rats. Sorry, I stepped away a couple of times, dude. I heard Kim screaming out there and it's a damn bug that I had to go out there and (laughs) kill. So stupid, but I don't know if you guys got to deal with that shit.
0: All yeah, right. Right, bugs so, are weird. Yeah, yeah, bugs are a little creepy. I, I side with her, handle your business. Okay. If hey, there's any down, scary so bugs wanna...
2: up there, Jason, give me a call. I'll come
1: kill them for you, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got that's, your back. That is a true friend right there. You see that's how he didn't laugh at me with my ailment. <laughs> I laugh a lot. He's, He's like, do you noticed. know what's out here? I'm like, yeah, spiders. This M- Matt, up, where man. are
2: you at on this whole thing? Not the bugs, but the religion. Where are you at with the, uh, <laughs> you know, where, where do you stand, dude? I'm curious. Um, what's that as far as religion? Yeah, I'm just curious because you know I'm I'm agnostic, but I lean towards Christianity. I, I but I, I see you agreeing a lot with like what what these guys are saying here, and I'm not trying to like put the you know fire or to you or anything. I'm just curious where you stand because I don't I mean it's probably good to not talk about
4: where you stand, but I, I'm, I'm just curious, dude, like where, yeah, where no. for going? the longest time I was, I was straight agnostic, yeah. um, borderline atheist in my teenage years. And then as I went to college and got older, um, I, I went to church a little bit in college with a girl I was dating and and got a little bit into, into it, but the Catholic church just totally turned me off to everything. Mm, so awful. I got, I went the opposite way. I got totally out of it. And then when 2020 hit and you know, everything started going crazy, I bought myself a Bible and just started reading it and, and started getting into it and asking questions and, and doing stuff. So I feel like I believe if I had to relate, it would be, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, that's for sure. Um, and and the, and the idea, the concept of everything that goes with it now the the religious side of it, I don't buy into any of it. I can't affiliate with a religion, so to speak, but when it comes to the book, I've I've read a lot of the Bible and I do tend to side with Christianity.
2: Well, and it's tough to know what Jesus actually stood for. It, that's the thing. I believe in him too. Like for me, at least, maybe not for, for more like, you know, Christian dudes like yourselves. It's tough for me to know exactly what what Jesus would want because he's portrayed as like this uh, hippie in pop culture and like this like fun loving guy that's just super chill and, you know, it sounds like in reality yeah, it's probably yeah, much more of a bad
4: guy who came in. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, right? Yeah. He, from what I hear now, he's a badass. This
2: dude is like, like he's beating people's ass if they're doing the wrong thing. He's doing he, he, he's sticking up for people that <laughs> yeah. can't that can't right. stand up for themselves. He's flipping tables over when people are taking advantage of the word of God and all this stuff. That's not the way that it's portrayed, but it is also tough to know exactly what the real thing is. But, dude, I'm with you, man. I, I, I say it all the time. Like I'm team Jesus. I don't really know what that means, but I like what I hear from the Christians and where they come from more so than the Muslims, more so than the Jewish people, nothing against those guys or, or gals,
4: but I, I side with that whole thing, even though I don't fully understand it. I'm with you on that. And the, and the other reason why, and you mention this all the time, I'm, I'm going heavier to that side is because it's under such attack. Why, and- why is it? you know no, like it, you look at 2020 they shut down the churches right like that should have been the one thing that was open if anything's open a church hey, should they be open. shut down
0: the mosque though
4: yeah mosques right. were open
0: oh yeah
5: yeah right oh, synagogues so were
4: open right the yeah, mm-hmm. store was open right. It was just churches yeah. and that's what yeah. i'm saying like there's some there's a a c- coordinated attack against christianity right now
1: Man, I hate to I hate to hype this episode up because now I'm going to get nervous when we actually go to record it, but the last episode that we're doing for this year uh, will be in December, and it's going to be um, why Jesus is not just a good teacher, but why he's actually the Son of God. Beautiful. Okay.
4: That sounds interesting.
1: Even already having, believing wholeheartedly that he is the Son of God, re-going through this research and the solid reasons that we have to believe this i was like man this episode is going to be dope because i mean it's not just this it's a really difficult thing to be a a um a believer in jesus christ in western civilization today because of the bad rap that the church has yep so yes we're christians i believe even in the social institution um, that the Bible talks about, that we're supposed to be able to to get together and help one another, and that's what the church is supposed to be called. But that's not what it is in America today. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real sketchy position to be in, to be like, yeah, I believe this, but most of the people that say the same things I'm saying are doing it completely wrong.
2: That's but... why I... Ge- Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, so when really going into the solid, hardcore reasons why our faith I don't want to say faith because it's really a knowledge-based belief system. The reason that I believe in Jesus is this laundry list of provable testable things and that's that's the the center of my belief, not the misrepresentation that we see in culture today. Mm. One of my uh favorite scholars to listen to, he's he's passed away now but Chuck Missler, have you ever heard of him? Yes. Yeah, he has this. He had this saying, and it was so provocative at the time. He said, "I have more reasons to believe that Jesus is the Son of God than I have reasons to believe that I am Chuck Missler." And I was mm. like, "Huh, that's interesting." So when I, I'm doing the prep for this episode, I was like, "You know what? I really think that he's onto something." So if you guys, if I mean, if you guys are interested, I think this this episode at the end of the year is going to be um, pretty good.
2: Well, dude, you know, if you're if you're plugging episodes, I'm working on a cosmic <laughs> I'm I'm working on a cosmic Christmas episode. And it would be sick if you guys wanted to do like a 10 to 15 minute segment kind of talking about what you guys are doing with that episode on this episode and tie it in um, so that, you know, you can also kind of plug that episode a little further. Like as that as that time comes in, just like a 15 minute segment about that and about some of my thoughts and the research I've been doing with the cosmic Christmas idea.
1: Okay, that could be, Which cool. I, I mean, I'm
2: not saying I, I agree with the cosmic Christmas. I'm just, I mean, I did Krampus last year, you know, and like, yeah, there's only so much you can do with Christmas, you know?
1: Yeah, we wanted to do the whole, like history of Christmas thing, like we did with Halloween. But it. the more we got into it, we're like, this kind of actually starts with Easter. Mm-hmm. So we we're like, well, we'll just pass on on doing that, the, the occult history or whatever of Christmas, and we'll hit Easter, and then let that feed into Christmas for next year.
2: Sure yeah it's interesting man. But yeah, the, the same reasons that you said about the um, I think it was Matt that was saying it like the you know the the Catholic faith is very misleading and there's a bad reputation with the church. That's why I have some issue with believing in what the Bible says itself. I'm not saying that it's wrong or it's right, but there's a lot of really nasty people that promote the word of the Bible. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. It's just something that's very confusing, and I understand that it's deliberate. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm I'm on that side of Jesus and Christianity. If if I'm picking a side, it's just it's tough, dude. It's tough to know. It's tough to know when when. Isn't there a, an idea that the last pope is the antichrist?
0: Yeah, that's the um, the the idea. Of, what do we call the prophecy of the popes? I believe is what it's called. Okay. Um I I don't have it right in front of me. Uh was it like I think it was Malachi Martin who talked about that. Um and it's kind of a shocking idea because I I remember uh Tom Horn actually unveiling a lot of that. That was the first time I ever heard of the prophecy of the popes and how the the final pope um, Petrus Petro Romanus, I believe it was, was supposed to be the one who helped usher in the Antichrist, right? I right. wish I could pull it up because it's like a 900 year old prophecy. That the uh, you never heard it,
1: I don't think I've even heard of this. So oh, I'm keeping a little something for him, you. Yeah, 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 we still have mystery, <laughs> <laughs> keeps
0: it spicy over there. Yeah, 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 you can't let him know everything up front, you know. He's just waiting just wait through the honeymoon episode. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, so I don't want people, you know, hear me stumbling through it. But it was this idea. that... What's it called? It
2: I'll try and I'll look for it for you, Jason. Prophecy You're of in, the Popes. Prophecy of the Popes. Okay, yeah. I got it here, right. There you go. That's
1: what I'm talking. Look at you this one guy, one yeah. Jamie yeah, <laughs> from the Joe Rogan
2: it. Experience.
4: Here, yes. <laughs> so Damn. what we got here is this is the prophecy of the Popes. Is a series of 112 short cryptic phrases in Latin. Which purport to predict the Catholic popes, uh, along with the a few anti-popes, beginning with Celestine II. It was first published in 1595 by Benedictine uh, monk Arnold Weon, who attributed prophecy to Saint Malachi, a 12th-century archbishop of Armagh. When
2: did this start? It, this is right around,
4: right around when the Jesuits were founded, yep. right? It's that same time we were talking about. It's that 1500s, late 1500s, early 1600s.
2: Okay, okay. what are these 12 uh, cryptic messages? We got to read them at this point. I mean, uh, this is... Let's see them. <laughs> Do
4: they have it? That's the key. Okay. Oh, are these them? Uh, no, these are pre-appearances of the Pope. Is this them? Let's see if there's 12. No, no there's like a ton. All right. So, so neither speak
1: Latin.
2: <laughs> Let's see what are the what are the yeah no shit what are the things uh, a series of 112 short not 12 yeah 112 okay I thought you said 12 my bad yeah oh so maybe yeah. that is them yeah we can't read 112 here Jeez.
4: you yeah, know <laughs> so yeah it's like, interesting one of these is oh so yeah this is, is what it book. is it's like okay so one is uh, from the castle of Tiber. That's one of them. Enemy expelled is another. From the great mountain is another. Mm. Um, But yeah. From the white they, countryside, huh? They all have meanings, but yeah, that's,
1: that's
4: It's interesting, I've, man. I've never heard of this. Prophecies of the Popes.
1: Yeah, I've not heard of it either.
0: you have to see if I can find that video that Tom Horn did because he, he explained it pretty well. Um but I think the final thing though was that the last pope was supposed to be the one that helped to usher in the antichrist, and they just had that, or they, they have it now. With this, well, Church. dude, there was there's okay.
2: another thing that we saw where there's a new set of 10 commandments being uh created I heard about that, yeah, to fight against freaking global warming, yeah, dude. It's like, what the hell are we talking about here, wow. man?
0: It's uh, uh, it's on Mount Sinai, no less. Re- <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: yeah <laughs> i think i sent you something this week about it
1: uh, sorry i don't yeah, know what happened. We, got, we got a lot of information going on yeah my bad That's yeah man so it's
2: out. like you know it's taking the opposite like you know if climate change is really going on like the the idea would be like it's really the earth doing it and therefore it'd be like god kind of allowing this to happen rather than people doing it
1: mm-hmm. i
2: think as people we give ourselves a lot of credit that we're changing all this stuff. I do believe in weather manipulation. I think that people are manipulating the weather big time. Not not us, but the governments are. It's provable that that you know chemtrails are real, uh, weather manipulation is real.
4: But some of this for a stuff long time. for a very long time. World War II, for my understanding, and maybe and, even before that. And, and by the way, this is older than we thought. This is from the eleven hundreds. They just the prophecy of the pubs. Yeah, they just, un- they discovered it, they rediscovered it in 1590. Oh, uh-huh. uh, okay. So it says Pretty it was, it says uh, uh, Malachi was summoned to Rome in 1139 by Pope Innocent II to receive two wool uh, palliums for the metropolitan areas of Armagh and Cashel. When in Rome, Malachi purportedly experienced a vision of future popes, which he recorded as a sequence of cryptic phrases. This manuscript was then allegedly deposited in the Vatican secret archives and forgotten about until its rediscovery in 1590, supposedly Mm. just in time for a papal conclave occurring at the time. I smell a new episode at the Great Deception podcast. (laughs) This is, yeah, this is getting interesting
2: now. This is up your fucking alley right now. Oh yeah, this is right up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's very interesting.
0: (laughs) I want to hear that. Right. Well see that's all this type of stuff that 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 puts a little knot in my stomach as I'm going through re- doing research because when you start seeing these these lines intersecting it starts to make you think wait a minute I got to pay more attention to what's going on all right oh, one prophecy of the pope hey that's not going to do much for me that's that's not going to move me you you got that you have the president of the United States helping Jerusalem to try to institute the third temple. I'm like, well, well that can't be good. That's not a sign. <laughs> you know, sacrificing the uh, heifers and stuff too. I'm like, that's got, not right? going to be good. You know, you have the the 70 weeks of Daniel going on in the intermissionary period. I'm,
1: there's a lot of stuff. The rivers you,
0: drying up, Jason. Yeah. You, you got that. You know, you, you, you got Kanye West getting rid of one of the most beautiful women in, in the world. You, you have things <laughs> that just make you go, hey, things aren't right here. Dude, um, are you talking about Kim Kardashian?
2: Yeah. Hey, man, have you seen I forget what the damn movie is. I'm gonna have to call Kim in here, but there is the movie Kardashian? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. No, no. Um,
0: I like, mean, that was smooth. That was, <laughs> that was exactly nice, right though. There. I should have so just played just, that. Can off. you pan left, please?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, supposedly she has like a, a giant skin rash that almost covers her whole body. Kim Kardashian mm. does. And all of those ladies do. Now, I don't know if you've seen that movie of the witches where they eat kids and they have like rashes all over their body. They only have they wear gloves all the time because they have only three fingers, so they wear gloves. The reason that they wear wigs is because they're bald and the wigs yeah, give yeah, them yeah, head yeah. rashes. What's that movie yeah, called?
0: Yeah. I think it's called the Witches
2: okay <laughs> well, they it makes sense recently
0: did a they did a um, remake yeah yeah a remake of that with
2: Chris Rock being the well was it Chris Rock being the voice of the kid oh, okay. I'll see what it's called.
0: No, 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 no. I think he was because he was one of the ones that was turned into a little mouse or something. Yes.
2: Yeah. So that's the whole thing. The way that they describe these witches, they have purple eyes, their mouths open really wide, their nose open real wide because they have to smell kids. Supposedly kids smell like dog poop to the witches and the, they have rashes all over the body. Dude, Kim Kardashian. It's kind of provable that, that her family is a witch. There's six of these very powerful women from Chris to uh you know chloe kim courtney kendall and kylie and then chris you know that makes six so you've got your covenant six which you got right bruce there. bruce doesn't count he's out <laughs> he's a jenner now he's out dude uh yeah it's funny though he's like the warlock but i i don't know man there's some serious serious witchcraft stuff going on there and just the fact too that they made like this kind of dig at the whole like uh rash thing and then, you know, Kim Kardashian, it turns out, like, that's why she's popularizing body suits and, like, going out in public wearing, like, your, your whole skin's covered because her skin is rashy. Hey, and Joe
0: she... Rogan did an excellent bit at the end of one of his stand-ups on the whole Kardashian family. And literally, his whole bit was that they were just a coven of demons.
2: That's what and they he are.
0: Like, he was like, you have to be to take somebody who was one of the most famous athletes ever and convert him over to a her. He's like think about sure all the was... men.
2: Oh, not yeah. only the, not only them, like Kanye, freaking all the like you know, Chris Humphrey, all these different uh basketball players, athletes, rappers. I mean Ray J's doing pretty good. He's the one ironically doing the best out of all of them, but he got yeah. he he got in with them first. And maybe but he, he said kind of helped he initiate. was part of the
4: initial kickoff, right? Yeah I mean, the initiation. Yeah right?
0: he, he was a test batch. Yeah. You know, before they went mainstream
4: i don't but know that dude's got I'll his freaking
0: uh would you have you heard about kim kardashian's vampire facial
2: yes the blood where yeah. they take blood and they put it on her face because it tightens your skin she's oh a my... freaking witch dude and supposedly mm. her damn uh, great 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 grandma uh made a deal with someone and it was for her family the women in the family to be ever powerful and all all powerful and this is back in armenia they're armenian so it's a okay. very strange area, the Caucus Mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Weird spot. And um, yeah, th- I mean, dude, it was the second episode that me and my my cousin, old co did, where, you know, we were talking about that. And there's some wild stuff. Every man gets their life force sucked out when they're around them, including the brothers, like, uh, you know, Bruce's son, <laughs> forget his name. They, yeah, they, they all get screwed and over.
4: Rob is one of the Kardashian brothers. And then on Chris's side, what are their names?
2: Yeah, dude, they all get screwed they over. They were on the OC,
4: whatever. Hmm. That MTV show. And they've all been on TV. That's the craziest part. They're yeah. all on television. They're all part of this spell and the broadcasting and everything like that.
0: Now you got me wanting to know what the connection is between them and OJ. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right? Now now I'm curious. A little ritual He's definitely.
4: Sorry. I mean, he yeah, he was his attorney.
0: I know, right? So I'm wondering, hey, you know, spirits like to jump.
4: And there was there was rumors out there for a while that Kylie w- or uh, no, not K- Courtney was O.J. and um, the mother's kid. Chris. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. You know, she supposedly doesn't look like bit. Kim or Courtney.
1: But it, I mean, it's this kind of stuff is why I think the Bible still is remains so relevant because you were saying like all the dudes get their life force sucked out. Well, the Bible's like, well, maybe you should stay away from the witches. Witches, is right? Work yeah, out very well for you. you play you with fire, you're going to get
0: burned. Pour water on the on our parade here. <laughs> <All right>? Witches <laughs> never hurt nobody, right? <laughs> <laughs> they got a bad rap in Salem, okay? They, they, they weren't doing nothing too bad. Just staying hanging out in the forest and singing "Kumbaya." What's wrong with that? But
1: hey. I mean, that's that's one reason I think that the Bible is under such attack. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Because you know they try the 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 education system. You know we call it uh, demonically influenced education, but the Bible endorses like home education. It doesn't endorse a, a state-sanctioned sanct- education system. So so through this particular vein of um, of guardrails or guidelines, you know it would it removes that power from from the elite. You know they try uh, uh, what is it? Satanic mind control. But the Bible warns us to be careful what things we put before our eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's it's relevant to combat all the agendas that we see coming from the elite today.
0: As well as don't have any witches in your midst. Like, don't tolerate witchcraft. Right. And I the, the funny thing is, even in our culture, we have this view that witches are just females. But from a scriptural perspective, that doesn't hold true. You know, the witch, the sorcerer, the soothsayer, the, the fortune teller. All of that type of stuff that re, that relies on dark spiritual energy that takes humanity outside the safe confines that Yahweh set up for us and puts us out in, into the free range for these ancient malevolent spirits to have free reign with
4: us. You know, there's a reason he says, don't do it. See, Jason, and that's my reason why for the longest time I didn't pray was because I was afraid— that my words were going to be intercepted, right? Or they weren't mm-hmm. going to go where I was because I wasn't strong enough to be able to speak directly, right? So mm-hmm. I felt like by by me praying or try, attempting prayer that there was going to be some other force that a lower frequency force that would intercept it and and make it seem like I was talking with God. But when it, what, what happened is I'm talking with a dark spirit and and that's going to, you know, pervert my prayer, right. And t- turn it around against me and and use it in a way. And, and it, it took a while for me to really have enough, I guess it would be faith in myself and outside of myself to believe that I could get it out and it would matter.
2: Did you see not to tie it back to Kim Kardashian here, but on the 11th? Of November she was saying she was telling everyone that this is a high energy day and put your thoughts and manifest things that you want out today oh, that's why they the release 11th? Wakanda forever well yeah 1111 11, right huh. yeah it's so,
0: a holy day in, in uh in, in the druid well of course it is but yeah. the thing
2: is that she's saying this telling everyone to manifest their goals and their desires Her millions and millions of followers mm-hmm all those people are gonna put their ideas out there and they're gonna get the exact opposite thing that they're trying to manifest because she dude, these people that know this, they're not sharing the information with their followers. If it's accurate, it seems. She's not some prophet, she's not some uh you know, messianic figure. She's, I think, much more of a dark energy type thing, like some sort of of, of low-level uh low frequency type thing it's 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 weird dude but i thought that was strange because yeah i heard that from kim uh my girlfriend here and she was the one saying <laughs> that not kardashian and she was saying that she was telling me and i was like oh yeah don't don't do it if she's telling you to do it don't do it you know yeah she's a big fan of these fucking weirdos dude it's weird ms i, miss. I gotta to hear it show? all the time uh no she doesn't mm it's funny, man. When I started, all my family and friends listened to it, and now no one none of my friends and family listen to it, but it's like just tons of people I don't even know. It's weird. like that's how, that's kind of how it goes. yeah, I don't know that if my
4: friends and family ever listened.
2: <laughs> well, that's probably good. because yeah. yeah, like people people think that I'm like kind of crazy, but it's like, dude, man, I, a lot of people agree with the ideas. It's not saying I'm and I don't think anyone's really out there saying that they know what's going on, but we're asking questions. we're 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 throwing theories around and seeing what might be legit and you know just just the stuff that we're talking about here even i mean i, I think that makes a lot more sense than the alternative but there's dude. a guy
0: over at uh, truth unedited i think his name is ron and he constantly talks about the further you get into this the smaller your circle will be
2: yeah yeah well yeah but i mean the more listeners you'll get but you yeah. won't know them it won't be as personal
0: true You're, but it, what, what he, i think what he's pointing to is the more you seem to zero in on the truth and start telling people that yeah, yeah. the less people tend to want to be exposed to truth
2: that's yeah. the pyramid that matt was showing jason yeah, that, man, the higher up it's, you it's, go on that pyramid the less people. yeah yeah right. you
0: know because people complain about a lot of stuff that happens but then when you start pointing out the why and things to do they don't necessarily want to do that They yep. don't necessarily want to hear it you know the whole idea that you have to wake up out of this matrix you know we can help but you got to get up out the bed. You got to start moving, you know, give us your hand and we can help pull you, you know, because no man is an island to himself, but the idea that you can just be woke up by a third party and all of this stuff that you've believed your entire life will instantly vanish. Like that doesn't work that way. you got to undo a lot of the stuff that you've learned. You know, you got to put forth a lot of effort in order to do that because a lot of effort has been already
1: put in to deceiving you and keeping you deceived. Yeah. My, my mom doesn't listen to all of our episodes. I mean, I don't know, maybe she, she gave up after the first few of them. <laughs> but one one thing that she has often said is that it's a really difficult thing because she believes everything that we're saying, but she's like, I really have to, she's like, I was raised to trust the government. I was raised to yeah, yeah. believe that these things were safe.
4: Respect authority. Like, right. I mean, yeah. it's right. all this training that we went through.
1: And she's like, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense, but this is not an easy thing to to believe because you have to unlearn a bunch of things that you've learned. That's well, a that's it, yeah.
4: right?
2: Yeah. Think yep. about it as like you're a kid, you're a child that you know your whole life you, you've been taught to respect your parents and and believe that your parents are looking out for your best interest, and now you're an adult and you're out in the real world. The government is your daddy, the government's your parents, like, that's what it is. They're the ones that make the rules, you got to follow the rules that your that your government sets. If you're that kid, and you're told all of a sudden, hey, dude, your parents been doing everything wrong, the kid's not going to believe them. And that's really tough to to crack that shell. And I, I know it's a weird example. But that's like the closest thing that you can come to, from what I've tried to do to explain to like my parents and you know it's really it really is the older generation they still believe that voting every vote counts and all mm-hmm. this stuff you know and uh you gotta go about it delicately with older generation people because they're still here and they still very they very much matter but they also need to understand like hey man like remember matt we were talking about like let's start a uh don't vote campaign because there's all these freaking you know p diddy back in the day was telling vote or die you know all this stuff and like right. it's like dude you're pressuring us into vote just so you can waste our time. And we can feel that we're invested in this government that's not representing us in any way, shape, or form. And it's kind of like the parents that you thought were looking after you. And then you find out one day that they're not. It's hard to reconcile.
4: That's I think that, that's the most frustrating thing is, is the politicians, right? Mm-hmm. The people that are supposed to be representing you, your representatives. And taking care of
1: you. That don't care. Public servants, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But see, that's one of those things,
0: man, again, where people are wondering, does this satanic control matrix really uh, exist? These are indicators that you see. Yes, it really does. There's a reason why you see the things. There's a reason why you get social influencers like P. Diddy. Yep. Who who are out there telling you to vote? Listen, if I go to P. Diddy, I'm not going for that. I'm going for bad boys. For like <laughs> I'm not going for politics. Like I keep my politics over here, I keep my bad boys over here. I don't like them to cross-mingle. Okay. It's the only time in my life I segregate things.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also buy his opinion. You know that if, if P. Diddy's right. out there, you can buy his opinion. And P. Diddy might be a goofy example for some people, but think Donald Trump too. You don't think his opinion could be bought? I voted for that guy, man. That was the first time that I ever voted in an election. And I felt like an idiot for the 30 seconds that I stand in line here in Tucson, Arizona. Little line. It's not a very massive city. But I'm standing in line. Dude, it was a waste of time to go and vote for Donald Trump in 2020. And it would be, again, if he came back in 2024, it'll be a waste of time to go vote for Ron DeSantis or freak whoever is going to come out there. It's the The outcomes are determined already. And that's what sucks dude
0: i I think that one of the 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 biggest scams that we've been put under in this country is the illusion of voting now i'm not one who thinks that voting doesn't matter I, i think it does but it's probably most acutely realized in your local elections and i think the further you go out or the higher you go up the scale the less it matters in the sense of determining who really gets into office to represent you because they're not really out to represent you, number one. Number two, like we were saying earlier, you're dealing with a system of control. Both parties are already bought and paid for. Both have spiritual foundations that they are built on and spiritual agendas they're trying to achieve, and both are walking lockstep, right foot, left foot, down this, this path of corruption why our country keeps getting worse no matter who's in office, right? And most of the candidates that get into office, as we know here, are carefully selected prior to Mm -hmm. the entire vote. But I think the thing that is most hideous about the whole voting idea is that, especially from a Christian perspective, the idea that the, the church seems to buy into a secular means of affecting society as opposed to a biblical one. And what do I mean by that? I think the biggest way that we're given to affect change in culture is via prayer. Now, I'm all cool for if your society allows you to vote, then exercise that right. But I don't think it should be, as is built in this country, the primary means for affecting change, right? Mm -hmm. I would agree. I, I think that the church has kind of gotten bamboozled by that. And then by extension, people who are looking at, Secular culture, and then people are looking at the church and are intrinsically asking this question: Hey, what's the difference between you two? Like, if I don't know what to vote, and I go turn on CNN, they tell me who to vote for, right? P. Diddy's telling me who to vote for. If I go over here and I check with my Christian friends, what's the church saying? Is the church saying the same thing that I heard on TV, or are they saying something totally different? You know, is the church saying don't vote for any any either one of them? Yeah, but they're the lesser of both evils. I'm sorry, you serve for God. That tells you yeah. to stay away from evil. So I don't think you can make the, the good argument to him. Hey, I picked the lesser of the two evils you told me to stay away from.
2: That's what you took the words out of my mouth, Jason. I was going to say there's something very dark about that phrase. Mm-hmm. The idea for of sure. voting, for, choosing a lesser of two evils. Right. Something very, very dark about that. And they put that phrase out there.
0: there going, ah, which one do I choose? I got two evils here. That's outside.
2: Satan or Lucifer. Who am I going with? Yeah, what, then, you know? I
1: go with? Oh, right, right.
0: I, I can tell dad that I chose the lesser of the two. He'll be okay with that.
4: Yeah. I Dude, got, well, yeah. I was going to go back this, to Jimmy here because yeah, yeah. he said it. it is exactly what he was talking about on Friday night. Listen to this.
5: Not the lesser of two evils with Trump. Well, Why, why wasn't Bill Clinton the lesser of two evils? Because Bill Clinton got stuff done that Republican presidents could not get done. What's that, Jimmy? Like NAFTA. So George Bush, the first tried to pass NAFTA, but the blue dog Democrats, the Democratic Party, which at that time used to actually care about the unions and used to uh, represent them, they wouldn't vote for NAFTA because of their ties to the unions. Well, Bill Clinton became president and then he used his bully pulpit and the power of popularity to give cover to those blue dog Democrats so they can vote against union's interests and vote for and vote for NAFTA, which took the legs out from underneath unions for 30 years. And so so when you say that Bill Clinton was the lesser of two evil, he was not. And that's not my idea. That's Thomas Frank's idea, who wrote Listen Liberal. He also wrote What's the Matter with Kansas. And then he wrote Listen Liberal. And Listen Liberal explains that how the Democrats are actually not the lesser of two evil. That because they appear to be nicer, they get more shit done that's evil. For instance, NAFTA, and then Bill Clinton went on to deregulate uh, the uh, broadcasting, right? So our media companies, there used to be 50 giant media companies, and then Bill Clinton in 1996 did the Telecommunications Act, which took us from 50 giant media companies to six gigantuan—I just made up that word media companies, Wait. and now everybody in media and every news person works for the same people.
1: Wait, are you telling me we have less media corporations than we do war- wars currently?
5: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you going to say he got stuff done, Republicans going to dream of getting that's done. One, that's one of them. And that was on Epstein Island alone. Yes, that's... And then he went on to deregulate Wall Street which and, and get rid of Glass-Steagall, which was a right-wing Wall Street dream for mm. always, and they did it, and then they crashed the economy within 10 years. Wow let's see kevin mccarthy get that done so that's what barack obama so that's what bill clinton did and then barack obama he wasn't a change from G- george bush he was a continuation he took george bush's defense secretary put him right in his cabinet and the rest of barack obama's cabinet came from citigroup and email that got revealed from wikileaks which is why they're trying to kill him so it was a, his entire cabinet came from wall street barack obama's which is why he took us from two wars to seven and kicked 5.1 million families out of their homes while he made sure the bankers got their bonuses. Now, they would have never let John McCain do that stuff, take us from Two Wars to Seven, expand, drop more bombs than George Bush. That's what Barack Obama did. He tortured Chelsea Manning and tried to kill Julian Assange. These, And then he deported, you know, Barack Obama deported more Hispanics, twice as many almost, than Donald Trump did in his first term. So do you understand that he wasn't the lesser of two evil? He actually makes evil more possible. So same thing with uh, Joe Biden. Do you think they would have let Donald Trump start two nuclear wars, which is what they're trying to do right now. No, they wouldn't have. People would have been afraid. But now people go to sleep because Joe Biden is president, just like they went to sleep when Barack Obama. So this idea that the Republicans are the greater evil and Democrats are lesser evil, according to Thomas Frank, and according to me, is bullshit.
1: I like that. Who is he? Spot on, man. Who is he?
5: That's
4: Jimmy Dore. He's a comedian. Is he Really? Yep. I've
0: never heard him. But yeah, he's a going. comedian.
4: He does a uh, he does a podcast, a, a show. He's got a show on Rockfin and a bunch of places. But man, it's my it's one of my favorite political shows now.
1: Yeah, yeah that's crazy. He killed that.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's spot on. Something I never
2: uh, noticed, which is kind of interesting, was the the two to seven wars, like the whole twenty seven idea. You know, it's kind of interesting there. I know there's not much there on the surface, but well
4: that that goes back to the hammer and nail, right? that's that's where all the seven wars comes from
0: all right clue me in what's the 27 in the hammer and nail
4: well i'm saying the 27 club like
2: the idea of the the you know dying have you heard of the 27 club i have not like uh kurt cobain um all these musicians and actors and things die robert, jo- at-
1: robert johnson was the first one right i
2: believe believe so i know like the uh, mama cass uh she choked on a chicken bone she's from the mamas and the papas she choked on a chicken bone um so all
1: these super popular people died at age 27. all right yeah
4: so here you go the 27 uh, club okay. is an informal list consisting of mostly popular Jim musicians Hendrix. artists actors and celebrities who died at the age of 27
0: robert johnson was the crossroads guy right
1: yeah nope. sold his soul at the crossroads yeah okay
4: yeah, he's I listed think it was right there.
1: Julia Look. from the Cosmic Peach was saying that he was the first.
2: Jim Morrison, Kurt okay. Cobain, freaking—I mean, massive. Jimmy, Janis Joplin. Who's that girl with the tattoos? Uh no, that doesn't. Amy Winehouse. Yes, Amy Winehouse. Yes. Yeah, so many, dude. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is probably one of the probably the most famous, or, or Kurt Cobain, but yeah, I mean, just a ton of them, and it's a significant thing, and it's supposedly. It has something to do with uh Saturn. Um, I think it takes two hundred and seventy years for Saturn to go around the sun, if I'm not mistaken. So that's where the twenty seven comes There's from. There's a
4: whole lot of references here in music, video games, and comics. Yeah. Um, holy shit. The 27 Club. And then look at all these people in the 27 Club. This is unbelievable.
2: Yeah. And I they're didn't all know there was very... that many. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. So it's just interesting that he's saying, like you know, the two to the seven wars. I try to always like see shit in numbers, but sometimes it's not there. But that one, that's just an interesting one.
1: No, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I, I think another. I think another issue with voting, though, one is that I think it feeds the algorithm, right? So we know that they have psyops, and we know that they have public agendas to try to brainwash us into thinking certain things. So I think when we vote on issues, it gives them a great um consensus on where the public stands so then the next psyop can then you know try to change the minds of those people but even even beyond that um at least in a, a christian home i don't know how it was uh, outside of that but it's this idea that it's your duty to vote but nobody mm-hmm. ever talks about any of the other duties that you have as an american
0: See, now, coming from uh, a people that did not have the right to vote and that were oppressed, uh-huh. um, there's a certain pressure that mm-hmm. I feel to to get out and honor a lot of the sacrifice that was made in order just to be able to vote. And right. I, I've had people in my family have had to go back and forth, you know, did you vote? I'm like, no. And I've had to hear it up to hear about all of that. But I think that there's something that's lost in the fact that it's not just your quote-unquote right to vote or mm-hmm. duty i think it's your duty to vote responsibly yep, and with that, that i think that abstaining at proper times from voting is part of being a responsible voter that's a
1: good point yeah and because by choosing,
4: choosing the lesser of two evils are you are you really upholding your vote or are you just picking one of the choices it's not right. your choice right you right. should you should be voting for your choice not uh, well, there's two choices. I have to pick one. No, yeah, that there's
0: that, There's definitely that idea out there that I, I have to not to mention the social pressure of, you know, put your sticker on. I oh, voted yeah. today. <laughs> you know, I mean, I see that and I try not to become, you know, that jaded type person that looks at somebody and I'm like, so <laughs> you're part of the system. So yep. you got dipped in the matrix today is what you're telling me.
4: They wore their mask, right? Yeah, they got their yeah. shots. They're and in, that's why you know? I say
0: I, I'm not necessarily against voting i just wish i could see two things i wish i could see sober-minded voting and not like (laughs) party-based politics you know what i mean what about
4: (laughs) what about educated voting jason it's polarized too much to ask is it it, it, is is. it too much to ask for people to have to (laughs) pass a basic test to be able to vote like you have to oh then you're removing people's rights matt You know, that's the way
2: that they say that's
4: the way No, I get it. But you look at some of these these potato heads out there that are voting and they're doing exactly what we're talking about, though. They're just going in there and they're picking one side and just going down. Is that really voting?
2: No. Well, that's the same thing. I mean, I say this about having kids. I think people should have you have to have a license to drive a car. I think people should have a license to have a child because there's some horrible, horrible people out there that just reproduce just because they're like well the state will give me some money or maybe this kid will grow up and be an actor or whatever and people say that that's removing your rights as a person it's like well dude i'm not into this overpopulation thing i think that there's so much room on this earth for every single possible human but we have a population problem because of the people that choose to reproduce it's actually more so more often not not all the time, but more often, more responsible people today are not reproducing
4: that's because of the at more... idiocracy, Ryan. Straight What's at idiocracy. That? That's 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 the whole point. Right. And the, the whole idea behind idiocracy, the movie is that the dumb people are reproducing at a massive level like there rabbits and, and the smart people are not reproducing at all. So society is just building up a whole society of stupid people.
0: Yeah, yeah. But a lot of that, t- to me, tends to be propaganda, right? Because if you say that the dumb people aren't doing this, but at the same time, we also talk about society as a whole being dumbed down. Who's the dumb people? Right? Wouldn't us. that be all of us? Yes. <laughs> okay, well then, if, if all of us are dumb, and all the dumb people are reproducing, and only the smart people should be the ones reproducing, who are the smart people?
1: Well, I'm personally friend offended by Jason and Ryan at the moment, because neither one of you have uh, procreated. But i've got i've got one walking around another one in the oven are you saying that no I'm dude serious? i'm saying dude matt is a smart
2: guy matt's a smart dude too and he's got a kid i'm not saying that that's the case but dude we've all seen this old this this lady at the freaking gas station that's got four kids and all of them are acting like little assholes. They're running around. She's yelling at them and she's buying three packs of cigarettes and then getting in the car, smoking them while she's driving these kids home. Well, and I mean, they're all just trash bags. That's and
4: the what best it is. is when the kids are every color of the rainbow, too. So, you know, there's not a single consistent father across That's the board. It, and you're like, oh, she's just geez. a citizen of the world.
2: <laughs> mm. No, man. I'm just mm. saying, dude, you know what I'm mm. saying? I, I think, I mean, there's very responsible people that have kids and they go about it the right way, but there's a, also some, a, a, a lot, I think that there should be a license and I think to be clear, I think Chris, I think you'd pass the test and I think that Matt would as well. I think Jason I and myself that. would as well, but there's some people out there that have 13 kids that that should not have one because they're not fit parents.
1: So I'm, 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 I'm not, necessarily opposed to the idea i definitely think that you should be wait which idea of like population (laughs) control no there, there should be some criteria you know we license people to drive it's not on its face it's not a terrible idea to say hey look if you're gonna have kids you need to not be an idiot however we just got done talking about how our nation is dedicated to all pagan gods and if America is really going to have a test on whether or not you can have children, I mean, you're probably going to need to be non-binary. You need to be able to practice some type of magic. And, I mean, I, I don't think we can trust the institution to, to, well, that, to that have that's good issue. Test.
0: If we were going to leave it up to the state to determine whether or not people should have kids, that's problematic to begin with.
4: Yeah, you're uh, going to that Chinese system, right?
0: Right, right. But if we're looking at it from a biblical perspective, there were things in place to help ensure That we had proper reproductive (laughs) methods. Marriage.
1: Yeah, that might be a good thing. (laughs) That's a good start. Yeah, that
0: that really would. Looking for a spouse that that you're you're compatible with, not test driving it. You know, not being in a culture that's sexually saturated. So everybody feels like we got to get married now. Well, and just all the sex
2: too, dude. So many people, a lot of people have have kids accidentally, and that's still, I mean, like if you have a kid on accident, it's still a beautiful thing if you're a responsible parent. But When you're seeing titties and ass in your face every single day on the TV and in public, it Mm -hmm. is tough to not be like, man, I want to just not pull out today. You know, like that's kind (laughs) of sometimes it's tough.
0: I'd say if you're going to blame anything for for all of this, the sex going on, you got to blame TikTok.
1: Yeah, I'm all for TikTok. TikTok. This dude sends me a hundred TikToks a week.
0: Once again, narking. I send you educational <laughs> videos that help
1: stimulate your intellectual quotient. Hey, if I'm dumb because I had children, then you can be uh, a, a source of indoctrination by sending me TikToks. I think that's only fair. And We're not, not saying, saying you're TikTok dumb, Chris. You <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm just I'm playing.
2: <laughs> no, man, but I, I also have this other radical idea that um every single person, once they hit 18, you're eligible and you're required to serve a year in government at some level i think everyone should do that and that's the only way that politicians come to fruition and it's not like uh like a president would be selected from the best serving uh people everyone has to serve government with just one year or maybe six months if a year's too long Be and, and people like that that's idea. a massive government Well, maybe, maybe if everyone's part of the government, then, you know, it's not just 1% of the population, 99% of us are getting fucked. You know, if everyone's in government and everyone's involved, then maybe they're like, Hey, well, everyone gets, everyone's taking advantage of the system. Or since everyone's taking advantage of the system, then no one is because it's, it's there. It's just like the idea where I, someone was talking about like the, uh, Elon Musk brain chip. They would absolutely, I think it was uh, the Beast. Uh, what's the guy on, on YouTube? A kid influencer. He's an adult, but he influences kids a lot. Um, Mr. Something beast. Beast. Mr. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. He was talking about he'll absolutely get the chip because once you get the chip in your brain, making money is infinite. Where's the logic in that? If we all get the chip and making the money is infinite, then there's no point to money anymore. Nope. Right. So that's that's bullshit. So, I mean there's the, almost no point to money anymore. There's or, no point to money anyway. now. No, there yeah. is, dude. Everyone everyone's still, you know, we we buy houses. I'm not saying it's good. The system that we're on is not good. But if I was going to sit here and offer any one of you guys a million dollars, you'd all take it without hesitation. No no strings attached, you get a million dollars, who's going to, you know, no one's going to turn that down. But if everyone has an access to a million dollars, no one's gonna care they're not gonna be like no dude i'm not gonna take your million dollars like i got this already like who you know you know what i'm saying so it's the idea where um once you make resources so readily available with the idea of the the everyone serving in government everyone's having access to that system then no one's taking advantage of anymore um everyone's evading taxes everyone is inside trading there's no there's no one that's getting the upper hand on the rest of the population because we're all doing it and yeah that's, it's not
4: a that's been an interesting thing rye with this whole carbon-based system they want to go to you know the, the carbon ESG? credits and everything like that yeah it's when you when you start looking at it, it it just it doesn't seem like i mean it seems like it's too big of a scam for them right i mean they're taking everything at that point then what do, what do they have left to take from us it ruins the game for them you know hey buddy that's where the
2: metaverse comes in that's why no that's
4: i'm I'm just being Mm -hmm. facetious obviously but the fact that they're gonna just take everything in that system or they can shut you off you know with it with a bad score it's just you know i don't know that system just seems like it's it's too um I don't know what the it's like sci-fi for me. It's almost it's like too- the
2: opposite of convenient for them too. My favorite. Wait, which th- system? The ESG system, the economic, social, and uh, corporate governance system. It's this social credit system that's supposed to be, and this isn't overly conspiratorial. It's supposed to be installed in two thousand and twenty-three uh, for corporations, and it's judging different companies based off of their economic or their uh, environmental, not economic, their environmental. Uh, impact There's social uh, impact like the you know social justice and stuff and then corporate cooperation type shit you know fascism we'll call it and is this uh, like the... go ahead oh no I was just gonna say my favorite thing about this is that Tesla even though I'm not a Elon Musk stan over here I, I just the idea of what Tesla is supposedly uh, you know, this this company that's changing the way that we power the world and all this stuff, right? It's BS, but the narrative that's put out there. Tesla has a lower score on the ESG thing, which is all about environment and you know, greenhouse gases. They have a lower score than Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, which hmm. create weapons of death, right? I mean, like these these companies, and guess the guess the company out there that has the best ESG score in the entire world out of all these corporations, right like ExxonMobil microsoft bill gates baby that's what it is
4: so and amazon's probably a close second right exxon is
2: up there dude ironically but my favorite thing that i heard about the esg thing was um or the esg scoring was that mcdonald's wanted to get a higher esg score you know they source a ton of irresponsible beef all over the place right horrible i mean i'm not a tree hugger but dude the way that they treat these animals is awful i think it's disgusting um Tons of greenhouse gases being emitted, tons of irresponsible sourcing. They wanted to cut their ESG score down. And uh, instead of taking their carbon footprint of McDonald's, the, um, uh, I forget the, the company's name, but the company in charge of setting the ESG scores said, hey, put some recycling bins in your French locations and we'll lower your your ESG score. That was all that they had to do. They're still literally torturing cows and irresponsibly sourcing chicken and who knows what else is in those nuggets right i mean all that it took was a, a couple of fake recycle bins in some french locations and they have a good esg score now and there's a whole method of investing that uh is based off of esg and i actually did an episode before one of the monday night master debaters introductions um where i talk about this and there's a company that started back during vietnam And, you know, people were against, um, you know, funding, uh, I think the Dow Chemical Company, which was helping like create serious chemicals that were harmful to soldiers and and people. So they're like, yeah, I don't want to invest in Dow. Um, and, And, you know, this dude went around door to door and got people out of it. And that was ESG from the from the foundation. It was very nice, very wholesome. And then now they're taking it and they're just flipping it. And it's just a government tool now
1: it sounds to me like it's a progressive step to um what klaus schwab talks about is stakeholder capitalism
4: yeah 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 definitely oh my god well if, if this is an esg warrior right here yeah hey you don't want to mess with with it
0: <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a problem
2: it's it's a huge problem man i'll see what that episode was because it was um I found some interesting stuff on
0: it, and I think and there's, this is one of the ways that you help uh, make the the society more of a one world global government, 100%. right? Hundred percent
1: greasing the wheels to put in that the new economic system. Yeah, look at he's, that, he's, Ryan. He's building
0: the infrastructure. Our inaugural eleven
2: eleven. 11 <laughs> Oh, hey, we just missed it. Damn it, we weren't invited, Matt. Shit. Another
4: thing we got <laughs> snubbed on, Rye. That and the Illuminati party that we applied to together. Dude, the Illuminati ball, they never even responded. They just gave us the cold shoulder. What, you guys applied
1: to go to that? Yeah.
2: We did Uh, it on an episode. (laughs) We were just talking about how, like, we want a podcast live from the event, and they didn't even get back to us. These assholes.
0: I can't wait to show up to that. Like, I'm going to show up, no mask. And I'm like, sir, where's your mask? I'm like, I'm wearing my mask. No, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm a white man that's in a... I'm a skinny white dude. <laughs> yeah, I self-identify as a chick. <laughs> What's up?
1: What is it, that that Robert Donnie Jr., he's like, I'm a dude playing this dude disguised as another dude. White. i
0: have a blast. I'm like, oh, I can't believe you're going to do that. You're going to wash your hands afterwards? That's just
1: filthy. <laughs> like, don't get yeah, do so, over the your door section. Oh, that's funny. So so this episode...
2: Sorry, just real quick. That episode that I did was episode 291, and it was just talking about this. And I found a bunch of, uh like, relevant information on ESG. There's a single corporate entity that leads it, and they've set the whole thing up. And it, it's, a, uh, I mean, it's a subsidiary of BlackRock, of course, and it's just like all, it's all tied in, episode 291. It was pretty, pretty mind-blowing for me to to find that shit, honestly. but
1: I remember hearing you say something about that, yeah.
0: It's weird, dude.
2: And yeah, I actually talked with it.
0: I don't want to see any parts of that here in this country.
4: No. It's coming yeah. though. And
0: it they, started it with trying. banks.
4: Banks are gonna be the first ones that institute it. And it's gonna be based on your your buying patterns.
0: Have you heard of Operation Choke Point? No. Okay. So this is a um I think this was a I think this was an operation instituted under Obama, but essentially what it uses is the banking system. To regulate what accounts you can open, what things are closed based on what you do. Like if you are considered a, I don't want to say an enemy of the state, but if you are doing things that are questionable, like just free enterprise, inter, free enterprise entrepreneurial business, and you have certain business types that are listed. Like, um, let's say you were you were doing. <laughs> trying to think of all this crap you can do it no the brain hurts <laughs> uh, if, if you were if you were doing hair in in your uh in your house or if you were doing thrift store owner if you were a gun store owner any of these types of things that are considered legitimate forms of business you could have your accounts frozen or shut down and it was a means of helping to control what the population was doing now i've started to see that it's become more mainstream Where these big banks that are part of this international banking cabal, you know, you're talking like Chase and Citigroup and, you know, Bank of America, they're getting more and more uh, press on shutting down people's legitimate lines of business because those lines of business go against what the powers that be want people to be doing.
4: Well, and look what they did in Canada. It's all the truckers, right? They did -hmm. did that exact thing right there. Just because people were going to protest... They had their bank accounts frozen.
0: Right. Which tells you you're not in a free society. No. Right. As long as what I'm doing isn't illegal based on the laws of the land, I'll add another step, you know, not immoral, but let's just say just from a legality perspective, as long as what I'm doing isn't illegal, you shouldn't be able to bar me from pursuing that course of action. Right. I should be able to go freely unmolested on my way. And the thing that concerns me most is as I see this happening to marginalized groups, I get really concerned, not because I'm part of the melanated rich sector of society. I get concerned because Christian is right on the edge of what will be being persecuted. hmm. Yep. That's really what troubles me.
1: I was really leery about the whole religious exemption thing. What do you mean? Well, because here they were, you know... By like
0: keeping a list of all the people who claim religious exemptions. Yes. Yeah. I got you.
1: Because they instituted the, you know, the jab or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, well, if you don't want to do what the government wants to do, then you claim religious exemption. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. It'd be too easy to <laughs> so compile a list. Just signing up to say, look, I'm a religious zealot and I'm against the agenda of the government. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Mind that's you, while they do a that, good look.
0: while they're doing that, we're going to do a census. And while we do the census, we're also going to geotag your front door. You know, just for purposes of understanding where your front door is. For your safety. Exactly.
4: And you understand they did a census in 2020. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They did. And they did this geotagging thing, which was crazy. Yeah, What do you need to know where my front door is at? No reason. I mean, I might send a weaponized drone to discourage you. (laughs) Yep. To discourage you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not to blow you up. It's just to offer an (laughs) alternative (laughs) to encouragement. Yeah, you get everybody's front door was geotagged. Yep. And while we're doing that, we're going to make sure that we put geolocators in cars. We're going to put the cameras in there because, of course, they just passed that legislation recently. And if we can, we're going to push it all the
4: way over to being electric. Right. Well, and then on top, before all that, they put cameras on every street corner and every streetlight in America.
0: But you're not under surveillance. But no, this no, no. Not no. A surveillance capitalist state. No, 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 no. And we're not making money off of the surveillance either nope,
1: okay, so so I'm curious, so we have these things implemented in in Canada and overseas, things that we don't want to see happen in our economy here. but we also recognize that our vote really isn't what we think it is when it comes to electing officials in America. So, what do you guys think that the um the obstacle is for America? like why haven't they instituted the um the same tyrannical type of measures that we see in other countries that we're like oh we don't want those here well they're doing stuff what do you think the obstacle is or the hurdle is that's preventing them from from taking that next step
4: second amendment i think that's i I think that's a a i think that's a major obstacle right because they they can't just come in fell swoop and and enact their powers they have to do it slow drips and they had you know and and you see that it's it's a combination of things right as they're ramping up the the fascist dic- dictatorial edicts they're also making that hard press for gun control and 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 they the two seem to go hand in hand right now because i don't and and like you said you see it all over the world why not here and and that's the only commonality that i see that that's it's as Way apart. too well armed you yeah, know, if you think about this whole
0: of guns for each person that's here, right? yep. you, you can't just take that type of population and, and act force on it. You've got to strip the, the guns. You've got to get people lazy. You've got yep. to get people apathetic. And that takes time in this type of culture, especially when we're not like the type of culture that's already been geared towards submission. We are built on the idea of independence from any and everybody. Literally, we came, I don't want to say we because I wasn't part of that whole thing, but but people. Slightly different. Yeah, right. We, we came a little different. But folk came over here on a business deal and turned right around with their employers. It was like, screw you. I'm staying and I'm keeping your stuff that you sent me over here for. That's the level of independence that this country was founded on.
1: But right, right now
2: we be- are being conditioned to submit. In that we're in we the process are. of seeing that. Like it's that whole, you know, strong men make good times Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times, and then it it evolves, right? I, I hope I said that right. I've had a bottle of wine here, fellas. So I'm. I'm I, <laughs> did I get that right? I think that was that.
1: Yeah, I think that's so, right. the The
2: thing is, though, if this whole thing is a game to the 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 global elite or whatever, the United States would be like that queen piece on the uh, on the chessboard, where it's like this this piece right here, the United States. We've got every other country in check. But we cannot get this piece just by coming in and attacking it. We've got to strategize and we've got to weaken over generations. And we know that the politicians really don't care about getting things done in their lifetime. It's about setting up their descendants for the kill.
4: Right. Well, yeah, right. I mean, this this whole play started in the 70s, right, with Kissinger when he started working with China. I think before that, man. I think in this, at least with JFK. But yeah, go on. Yeah, but I I think that hard press began when you look at Nixon and you look at um, at uh, Kissinger working with China, and that was absolutely. It was was starting to prop them back up, and they were going to prop them up and start slowly cutting the legs out from under us.
2: And you know who helped get the CIA set up in China uh, during that same time? Mark Zuckerberg's uh, wife, like his in-laws, right? His wife's parents got the CIA affiliated in China big time in the 70s. So,
0: Now, when we're talking about the the corruption of America uh, in, in a modern sense, I think before the political changes happen, though, we can take a step back and look at the moral changes that had to happen, which helps make the political changes stick you know and you had in the 50s you had the frank the 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 invasion of the frankfurt school which was designed to take out the moral christian structure of western society and to decay it from the inside right and i think that that had to happen because of what the united states stands for on a global stage it's not that i think it's a christian nation but it claims that and it represents that on on the world stage And so there's a necessity to discredit not just the United States, but you have to discredit Christianity as well. Because when you do that, then you have to come with that Hegelian dialectic. you've got to come with the solution. And oh, by the way, since Christianity doesn't work, since it—and this is going to be their claim, this is not what I believe. But since Christianity doesn't work, since it seems to have produced the most decadent society we've seen in the modern era, and since Hmm. it has the type of abuses that the United States has done, since it's promoted the type of atrocities, wars— perversions genocides all that type of stuff that we funded not necessarily in our own land but abroad not to mention the abortions that we've done all of that type of stuff you can't claim sanctity of life and quote-unquote christian nation with all of that since that doesn't work let's try our way we got a better way we're not going to do it you know the old funny daddy yahweh's way we're going to do it our way (laughs) and they've been getting that ingrained into the idea of culture already i mean you see that in films like uh uh Oh man, what's the one where they're they're killing everybody? The uh, the purge, okay, right? And you you got the new founding fathers.
1: You're like, oh,
0: what you telling me about new founding fathers for? I don't like the sound of that. That <laughs> sounds problematic. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be the new founding fathers, you're instituting a new governmental order. Yeah, that's all new world order stuff. You need that happening so that they can say this is a better way. Oh, by the way, since Christianity didn't work, mind you. That means Jesus doesn't work. We've got an alternative. Calls himself the Antichrist. Hey, he goes by AC. You love AC/DC? He's kind of a rock guy, but he's also pretty cool. He's kind of got an Obama feel. You'll learn to love him. You know, he's not that bad. Just kind of do it his way, and we'll give you food and shelter, and you know, you'll have you'll subsist on a on a universal income, and it'll be okay. And you'll live in a micro house. You don't need all this extra space. That's a U.S. thing. That you don't need all this wasted space. Matter of fact, you don't need most of your family. We're really trying to get this down to a very close-knit group of people. Eh, You know, like 500 million. Eh, We we can do what we need to do with 500 million. You don't need that much anymore. That's the goal. And I think that's what we see happening in, in sequential stages right now. You follow me?
4: Yeah. And going back to that whole carbon ESG thing they're going to restrict your travel, your ability to travel. Absolutely. Right. And that's, gonna, that's Including gonna be going to, that's going to be places of worship. Yep. Right.
0: They're going to, they're going to look at all of that. And you don't need to, you don't need to mix with family, especially if you've, if you're in a country like ours where people were free to migrate and move, a lot of families don't live in close proximity to each other. So by restricting movement, not only have you controlled groups, you're, also inadvertently beginning to destroy family connections Mm -hmm. and that's part of the social fabric that holds us together so it's an attack on family which takes us back to alice bailey and her 10 point plan
1: yep i think a, a point of divergence was when uh operation Paperclip.
4: yes absolutely
1: because you see especially from a biblical narrative we have the tower of babel which is where this this nation was trying to create a portal to wage war against yahweh right You know, the tower to heaven isn't just a big building, but a portal into the celestial realm to wage war against this God that we don't like because he sent a lot of water our way. So he divided the nation. So when you see this new world order idea being implemented, when you start merging nations, like taking all of the the occult minds and practices of Germany, the Nazis, and spreading them out into other nations, I really think this is part of trying to Undo the judgment that God put on man at the Tower of Babel, which is why you see such a satanic, um, uh, not outpouring, but like effect from that. You know, you get all of the brainwashing. It nothing good happened from humanity when we merged the the minds and the spirits of Nazi Germany with the rest of the the world. That was not good for anybody.
0: Right. We'd have to consider that that the the Nazi Germany was. Was pretty much the brainchild of the occult Thule Society, right? That was pretty much the core of of the the um, Nazi political party. And so, if that's the case, then the Thule Society, which was in touch with with dark malevolent enti- dark malevolent entities, would be the thing that was really fueling Nazi progression. For why governments like our own would even want what the Nazis had. Right. So again, it gets back to this whole thing of, of the spiritual realm influencing the natural realm and particularly the dark part of the spiritual realm. Then that seems to be what all of these governments were trying to get their hands on.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: The dark part's the easiest part to access too. I think that that goes without saying. It's like, it's hard to access the, the higher know. levels of this.
0: Ryan, I would probably push back on that. I you
2: think, I think
1: so. that the- He likes to do that.
2: hey i'll take it i'm interested because yeah man i think like i said i think that uh if you're sitting there and you're an unexperienced person trying to engage in prayer or some sort of ritual i think Mm -hmm. that what's going to reach out to you quicker is a low level entity like a low low vibrational entity we call it low magic right uh some people call it black magic but like that darker more demonic stuff i think is is reaching out to you with its hands wide open when the, when the, you know, more pure energy is going to kind of make you work for it a little bit and be like, well, I mean, are you worthy of, of trying to get to this level of of engagement? I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm curious on your thoughts on that.
0: I would say, I, I think that if we were talking about an impersonal force, I, I might agree with you. But I think when we're talking about an actual personality person, um, expressly, let's say Jesus Christ, okay I think when when we have in the biblical record are examples of him being incredibly approachable. And I think that what it I think that in any relationship, there are certain rules, right that help mm-hmm. govern a relationship. So, sure. no, I don't think that you can just necessarily come sideways and expect uh, the, the type of exchange that you want. You do have to come correct, and I think that's understandable. But I don't think that he's sitting there, arms crossed, waiting to see you grovel, beg, and plead while there may be a lesser demon going, Hey, I got you. Don't worry about that. I got some answers for you
2: yeah I don't think that it would be a, a smug thing like that, and i I know that you're not meaning for it to sound like you know Jesus is sitting there like, oh let's uh let's no, see what' some you got people have
0: that view you know what I'm saying yeah no i
2: I don't have that view at all. I think that what it is is that there's so much going on in our realm that if there are these good and bad forces, mm-hmm. the good forces are focused on the greater good and playing out the end agenda. To where, you know, in the end, God wins, right? That's that's the, the idea. In the end, God wins. Good wins. But in the meantime, there's all this chaotic shit going on. And I think that's why the negative energy is so easy to tap into. And I always say that the devil doesn't come to you and say that he's going to fuck you and fire for eternity if you give your soul over to him. It's It approaches you as everything that you've ever wanted in your entire life right mm-hmm. so if you're sitting here and you're like damn it i'm broke i i, I would i'll sell my soul for blah 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 boom that that's how, i mean i'm not I, that's overly it's like cartoonishly simplified but i'm just saying like you're not gonna get god coming in there and being like okay yeah your rent will get paid you know like by uh just simply saying it but i think that sure. something dark could come in there and be like yeah like here, here's uh here's some advice here's this this that you're taken care of now you owe me forever but it'll be a lot better than uh you know the church tells you it's it's going to be pleasant you're going to have sex with uh 72 virgins or whatever the hell some of these uh religions tell you it comes as a pleasant thing not something demonic for lack of a better word
0: i can see your point on that um and i think that from a Christian perspective, I think the way God tends to deal with people is he He respects the free will and wants a genuine relationship. But I think those two things in and of themselves may make it a little bit more challenging than just the, hey, we can do it the way you want to approach.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, okay. so yeah. from that perspective, I could see that. But I also think that if the end goal is about having the best relationship that you can with this entity that also produces the most healthiest experience that you can have, then it would require a very specific approach because the other things would be detrimental to you, right? So like the example that you gave, if you got a dark spirit that's coming to you and says, I'll give you everything you want, it also knows what you want will destroy you. And if its end goal is to destroy you, then giving you everything you want helps to achieve that end goal, which would be, Completely opposite of what we would say that that Jesus would want for
2: Well, sure, but I mean, like, with um and I'm glad we're finally getting into a debate here a little bit on the debaters, <laughs> right? um That's what it's supposed to that's be. That's
0: not what I came on here for. No, no, I appreciate the conversation, <laughs>
2: dude. Because I, I, like I said, I really respect you guys' opinion. You guys are killing the damn game. I, I hope that you keep doing it. But my my thing is, like, if you know the whole story of God versus the devil, good versus evil. Good knows that it wins. God knows that I mean he could he could get rid of the devil right now, but it's got to be there that that whole idea of the dark has to be there because you you can't feel joy without pain or sadness otherwise I mean it's just all vanilla it's all just it's it's just like yeah we're just floating through life. there's got to be suffering there's got to be some hurt to feel happiness, right so. I don't think it's this game. I don't think God's allowing this game to go down. It's just the fact that humanity is going down this path because it's part of the story. It's part of what's supposed to happen. The darkness will consume quite a bit of people that are lost, wayward souls, whatever. They're going to get kind of sucked into this dark energy because God could end this all right now. But that's not what's going on. That's not what he wants. He wants or it wants whatever we're going to refer to God as the universe, whatever some people believe in whatever it is, this good energy we're supposed to organically gravitate towards it. But through the coaxing and the MK ultras and all this stuff, the brainwashing, we're being sucked into this lower vibration, this dark stuff. And, and um, I mean, why, why does it need to happen? Why, why would that be allowed when in, in the at the end of the day we could all just be good we can all treat each other well we could all there doesn't need to be the the child rape there doesn't need to be horrible things that go on i'm not saying that that's proof that god's not real i'm just saying that it's uh it, it's a uh, it's a a story that's confusing to me right mm-hmm.
0: well i'm no expert i will tell you that <laughs> first off um, sure no I, one is I, I had this um It's interesting, though, that you put it that way, because I had this conversation with my nephew. He was like my mini philosopher in the family. And his basic uh, point to me, he didn't want to make it this way. But his point was, I think God's responsible for all the stuff that happens because he can stop it at any point. Right. And so it's not really my fault that I'm doing whatever I do. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I should also blame your mother and blame you. Because if by extension, you're doing all the bad stuff that you're going to do in your life, I should blame her for having it in, in the first place. And it's not stopping you from doing any things that you want to do, knowing, you know, that train of thought. And so he's like, well, okay, I get your point. Well, why is all of this stuff being allowed? And my answer to him was, I think that it is part of a divine court case mm-hmm. and that the purpose of this case is to prove one thing, whose will is really better. And I don't think that we get the point. Like, we had it pretty good. We All we had to do was follow one specific command, right? We just had to eat all the other fruit from all the other trees. We didn't have to get involved with this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We decided <laughs> to do it. We get in that. It produces a lot of problems for us, right? God could have stopped it, but there's an issue on hand, and that question is whose will is really better? Is it better to follow what Yahweh says no matter what that is Or is it better to kind of do your own thing when it suits you? And Luciferianism, Satanism is built on that idea. Do what you want. Or to reverse that, do whatever you want, as long as you don't do what Yahweh wants you to do.
2: Or does it do what that will, and that should be the whole of the law? That's what Aleister Crowley was saying. And that seems
0: seems to be the basic tenet of, of Satanism, right? And so there seems to be this cosmic court case. Yahweh, is your way really better? I don't think we get it till we get to see the ramifications of choosing not to do it his way.
4: And, and to where do we stick s- at it? And we see that in history too, Jason. I-, I see it a lot in Europeans with their whole concept of manifest destiny, that they are the controllers of their destiny. That you know, it's their it's God's plan for them to have this. Like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Right. I think manifestation is a dark idea. Of,
2: yeah. Sorry, Matt. I was just saying, uh, manifestation is a dark concept. That that word's really a, 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 it's an interesting thing. I don't know if that's something that you think about much, Matt. Because I cut you off. My bad. But it's just like the the
4: idea of like manifesting something. It's like conjuring or
2: something. yeah.
4: And and you throw that in, and that's what you know. These people were going around and saying that this was their their destiny, right? They were manifesting it. That this was given to them to go conquer these lands and that's you know the whole concept of manifestation i think again that gets into intention right i mean if if you have good intention you're manifesting for the positive i i don't see any anything wrong with it but again on the other side if you're manifesting intentionally for any negativity harm or destruction i i think there's going to be consequences to it
0: i think it's interesting they never seem to manifest for to help others yeah it was always for conquest yep you know and even so with it, the
4: new thing. age
2: movement it's all just manifesting what you want manifest mm-hmm. a better job manifest a uh, better health for yourself not for the world manifest better house for your better, better, a better you house all this
0: narcissistic.
2: the vision board shit right it's yeah. all manifestation yeah. for things for yourself it's not to help so yeah dude that is like that low and high
0: magic for sure that's interesting. And that but goes a, expressly against you know biblical mandate. And
1: it's it's gotta be a difficult position to be. Well, maybe it's not difficult to be God if you are God, but conceptually as a human being, because if you if you want to have free will agents, they have to be able to choose to do things against what you want. Because the Bible even says that it's God's will that none should perish, but we know that some perish. So it's it's kind of uh, mind-boggling, but even God doesn't get everything that he wants. Right. So mm. how do you, how do you balance like being a just God and allowing these people to have, to have free will? Cause I've heard arguments on both sides that either God is way too soft because he lets people get away with too much. And all you have to say is Jesus, <laughs> forgive me. And you get into heaven, you know, or that he's way too harsh because, you know, he doesn't think homosexuality is a good idea. So which is it? You know, is he unjust because he's too harsh or is he unjust because he's um, too soft? It's
0: funny because then everybody that's making those claims, they at least can agree that he's unjust. Right. They don't know why, but he's unjust. Exactly.
1: It it goes back, like we were saying, all the arguments against God are against his character. But I think it's interesting that if if we look in in some of the places, uh, there was a, a prophecy. Was it in Enoch? about um methuselah his his actual name means his death shall bring so it, it was it was understood that at the death Not of an enoch it wasn't an enoch no that's oh, uh, the
4: flood it,
0: it's you got to take the the names from uh genesis five yeah. right but i thought
1: there was also a specific prophecy somewhere that had it written oh, well, out I know what you're talking about that may actually
0: be the one that says that when he dies the flood will start yeah yeah i think that may have been i don't know if it's recorded in enoch but i know what you're talking
1: about yeah i thought it was recorded somewhere anyway i find it interesting that if it, if there was this prophecy and if the uh methuselah when he's supposed to die brings god's judgment right because humanity is so um evil well <laughs> methuselah lived somewhere between 968 and 970 years yeah which is the the according to the biblical record the longest living human being ever I think is a testament of God's grace that, look, when this guy eats it, I'm going to have my hand is going to be forced and I'm going to have to deal out judgment. But because I'm a gracious God, he's going to be the longest living human being on record because I want to give you every opportunity to not be in front, you know, downrange when I've got to let this fire off. And I think that's what we're dealing with today. (laughs)
0: And he's got to let the fire off because if he doesn't, he's going to be accused of not being just. Right. In that cosmic court case I was talking about, those spirits will jump on that and be like, see, I told you, he's not just, he's not worthy to lead, therefore, we're going to try to seize the throne. Right. Yeah. And they're gonna have Jay-Z and Kanye playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I think we're in a very similar thing now. So we know that that Jesus came and at the resurrection, the, the veil of the Holy of Holies was torn open, which makes access to Jesus Christ available to everybody. So why don't we just get raptured right away? Why don't as soon as we say Jesus, you know, I believe in you, that we become perfect people and go to heaven? I think we're in that. Um intermediate time just like when methuselah was alive that we have an opportunity now to help as many people as possible so you they don't have to be downrange when the fire comes i think that's what we're looking at and a myopic perspective would be like oh god how can you allow all this to happen he's like i'm giving my people a chance to to get right you know to to um uh to accept the pardon before justice actually has to be enacted because he is a just god so you
2: feel like we're from like uh, our souls are from another realm and we're here experiencing this reality to uh you know once we die once we move on we we we're on the right side of what god wants us to be on i'm just trying to picture exactly what you're saying
1: no i think that um as beings that have a soul, we live in uh, a partially physical realm, right? Our bodies live in the physical and we're subject to the laws of physics and and entropy and time. But there is a part of us that is celestial or spiritual. So Uh it's not, it's not bound by time. It's not bound by degradation. So it's going to live forever. But if God, if God is just, and, and we, we have free will, like there's a way that things are supposed to be, you know. There's a way that a car is supposed to run. It's supposed to have gasoline and oil, and you can abuse it as much as you want, but eventually it's going to give out because that's not what it was designed for. Yeah. Oh, so was, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we were designed a certain way, and we were designed to to align our lives and and wills to the one that created us. Right. So I kind of think of it some sometimes as like the Bible is the um the owner's manual. Right. For human beings, like if you want to know when to get your oil checked and (laughs) at what intervals to do maintenance, this this is where you look. Um, And anyone's free to to not do that. But because there is a part of us that is going to live forever, then we're either going to live forever being in line with God like we're supposed to be, or he's going to give us the option to live forever being outside of everything that he has to offer. Mm because he respects the free will that he gave us the unfortunate part of that is we a lot of people don't realize that pleasure and light and all of the things that we we enjoy come from god as well so if we choose anything that's not god then we end up spending eternity outside of all of the things that we actually want we we can't have our cake and eat it too i know that's a terrible analogy but
2: no that makes a lot of sense dude like I, I like the way that you described that. Honestly, you can't be your god and serve him too.
1: Oh, that's that's way better. <laughs> Expect an invoice.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that's it's wild, man. It's a deep topic, and like I said, dude, you guys a, a, approach it from a a really really unique and I think beneficial perspective. Like it, it's just it's it, it's a lot better than others that I've heard
0: trying to approach I think it the thing from that Christian. For Christianite, me, me and Chris, is Thanks. things need to make sense. Yeah. I think it's the biggest driving thing is it needs to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, uh, it's Hmm. bothering me. And the thing I hate hearing the most is, well, just believe it because I said so.
4: Trust the science. I I
0: understand, right. There's a a time for that, (laughs) right? And normally that's an emergency. I don't have time to explain all of this to you. Yeah. But in every day, if you're telling me, you know, determining some really, really Huge ideas like what happens after death and where my soul is going to be and all of that. Uh, I'm gonna need you to break this down. All right, this is worse than a 30 year mortgage. All right, we're talking about (laughs) eternity. So you need to tell me the fine print here. All right, I I need to understand these things. For me, stuff has to make sense. What won me, and I grew up in a Christian household, uh, but what really won me to the Christian perspective and the Christian way of life was the was finding out that. God is about things making sense and that Christianity is about knowledge way more than it is about faith. That if you have faith, it should be predicated on knowledge. There are things God expects you to know. I'm like, Whoa, 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 this is not what I thought this was. You know, I thought I had to believe so I didn't burn. I'm already dark. I want to get darker. (laughs) Right. I'm I'm trying to get fire insurance. Finding out that God's like, like, uh uh-uh. uh, You should understand things. One, I made you rational. I gave you logic. I gave you intellect. I expect you to use what you have. You may not have answers to everything and everything may not make sense, but there are certain things that should make sense. Does it make sense to you that everything in your existence has a creator, but you're being told you don't?
2: But man, I know, I, I know that, you know, that makes a ton of sense to me and to us, we we consider ourselves critical thinkers. There's some people out there because of chemicals that are in water, fluoride, you know, all those other things that are out there that are intentionally dumbing people down. I know that that's probably part of the intention of putting the shit out there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can can we humans really be held accountable for not connecting with higher entities god specifically when it's like everything all the the earthly powers that we have here are Mm -hmm. pushing us away from that and there's a lot of people that don't even get introduced to the idea of christianity out there right so Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's just such a it's tough man i it's uh
0: but see even in those circumstances I, i like what chris said a moment ago a lot of the charges against God are against his character, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's this notion: are Are you sure he's a good, good being? Like, I, I like, how good? Like, what, what are we talking?
1: The, the, <laughs> like the, the Abraham issue? Yeah, you gotta I
0: mean, swindle him down. to fuck Okay, him. well, I'm saying 72 virgins sounds like a pretty good dude. Is it? What is he offering? 74? Like, what's what, what, <laughs> he what saying here? You, you know what I mean? I need to know who this this, this person is. Um, I I think when we start finding out about his character and truly who he is as an entity, it changes the perspective. I think too often, I'm often joking with Christopher and saying, yo, God needs a better PR person, (laughs) right? Because a lot of the times the way we relate to him is predicated on what we've heard or on what we've experienced by people who are in positions of authority. Because you're talking about the ultimate authority, right? So if you've had bad intermediate experiences with authority figures, you tend to project that on this ultimate idea of authority. The Vatican. You know, If you didn't have a good dad experience, if you had a bad drill sergeant experience, if you had, you know, a bad Catholic experience, <laughs> you know.
1: I don't know why you're looking at me like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little there. I'm expecting you to, to make sure I don't go off
0: the deep end. There's an easy joke there. You know, if, if, if you've had those experiences, as Chappelle says, forget carrots, <laughs> you know, you tend to look at God kind of like, I, I don't really trust you, man. All right. I don't, I don't know really who you are and how you are, but I know what I've heard about you. And then if you add on top of that, the cultural press, Hey, he is a tyrant. He's mean. He, in the old Testament, he seems to be just on a rampage, I mean on the New Testament, he's all about love, kindness, kumbaya, so now he's psychotic and schizophrenic. you don't want to you know deal with this guy, right that tends to to make you very hesitant and then you add into a components like, well, what about people who have never heard? I don't think he's that type of guy that's like, you know what you never heard about me you got to go I yeah yeah I'm very, not saying I'm not saying chance. that
2: he yeah I'm, I, I'm know, not saying I, that he is at all.
0: Yeah, I think he's very just and I think that he cares and I think that he doesn't hold people accountable for what they're not accountable for. So like you said, it makes sense to you and I that everything had a beginning, right? Everything's got some sort of a, a, a creator in our world. Yeah. From a, from a biblical perspective, the one thing that God seems to hold people most accountable for is looking at creation and knowing there's a creator. Despite anything else, despite what you heard, you there's enough about me and what i've created for you to know attributes of who i am
2: so the atheist is the one that's wrong is what you're saying kind of oh without a doubt yeah that's what i've always freaking believed
0: dude the that's why i'm yeah. a categorical problem because the atheist needs god to exist to define who they are
2: yep well they're anti they're like anti
0: everything but they're anti the thing they say they don't believe so that's, that's what that i'm saying. yeah it exists why do you? Why are you against that? You got to have a whole new name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My my old co-host,
2: my cousin, he's an atheist. One of our earliest episodes, he said, "Fuck God." He said that in a in a conversation we were having. He was like, "No, dude, fuck God." And I was like, "Dude, you don't believe in God. How are you saying fuck this thing you don't believe in?" And he's like, "No, fuck the idea of God." And I'm like, "Well, no, you already." said the opposite <laughs> thing of what you're standing behind. Like he, He's got the atheist tattoo, and I love him. He's my cousin, but I think that that's one of the goofiest things. And it would actually it would be a really interesting conversation with you guys because he's read the Bible cover to cover a dozen times maybe. I mean, the guy is very, very knowledgeable in the Bible. He's got a Catholic, uh, basically wife, a uh, good person, but um, an atheist and a, and a devout atheist, which is wild to me. I, I really don't understand it. God love the guy, but uh, you know I do not get it. I think it's really dumb. I, we don't agree on one damn thing politically, spiritually. Even though I hate that word, all these different things we don't agree on anything. Um, that's why we had a decent show when when he was you know doing it. Um, it. It's it's interesting. the The idea of the atheist is very strange. I know we're running long, Matt. I don't I don't know uh, what's going on with you over there, buddy. I know it's late, but we've uh, got a this couple more minutes.
4: We'll wrap yeah. this up
2: here in a minute. It's a wild, wild idea, though, what the atheist represents, man. Um, doesn't make any damn sense to me.
4: I'm so with you, yeah. Ry. I've never had any idea or any like notion why atheists are so infatuated with God. It's it's this it's this deep infatuation with him that I don't understand yet. Total denial.
2: Well, there's the um What's his, what's that guy's damn name, Albert Pike, he says, you know, to bring on the third world war, when that happens, he said, we're going to treat the Christians the same way that we treat the atheists and the nihilists, we're going to destroy their idea of God, so fully, that the Christian and the atheist won't know who's who, right, the the atheist will be more like the Christian than the Christian at that time, that's their goal. And this is according to Albert Pike, one of the highest ranking Freemasons, probably the most respected Freemason of all time, in a letter to uh, Giuseppe Massini back in like the 1800s, late 1800s. Um, Wild statement to make, but it makes sense when you see the way, and I'm not saying it makes sense to me in my head, but it makes sense that this is the agenda. To take the Christian and treat them the same way as the atheist. And the atheist, therefore, is the... uh, the devil worshiper it's the it's i mean it's everything that is negative and anti-god the atheist is an antichrist type ideology it seems it's just going against it's not necessarily like i believe in darkness it's i believe in the opposite of god which is like the antichrist right it's that's kind of the definition so they they look at atheists the same as they do um satan worshippers, luciferians all this shit it's it's the same thing to the elite and they're trying to push more people into that man and I maybe that's I where find, elon musk comes in i don't know that's just I, I, what it.
0: i found the most interesting about atheists that i've had personal experience with is how emotionally steep they are mm-hmm. in a position against god like i haven't mm-hmm. found that i've been involved in conversations where that that person has a fairly sound reasonable idea of why they you know are against the idea of god and not just normally god in general typically it's the god of the bible that they really have an issue with. yeah which leads me to i think it's an emotional issue that they had as opposed yeah. to a, a logical or reasonable one right and that i find fascinating it's abuse i think
2: of a lot a lot of abuse comes from that from my experience with atheists and being around atheists there's a lot of abuse from an early age or misdirection misleading either from the church or by their parents whatever there's a lot of human error in creating an atheist i think Mm
0: -hmm. because i like i
2: said i'm agnostic i'm sorry i was just saying I'm, i'm agnostic i'm far from atheist though i do believe there's a creator of some kind and i think that he's good or it's good um but yeah sorry chris go ahead
1: no i was gonna say it's one of the issues the what is it the second commandment i should know this better being an advocate of the bible are we talking
2: the uh global the uh global uh climate change uh, commandment or the
0: uh... <laughs> no no no. i'm talking about the original Sinai uh, commandments right not, right These new ones
1: um don't take the lord's name in vain a lot oh. of times people think that that means don't say you know gd or whatever but I really think it's it's an issue of stewardship that it's don't say that you're a worshiper of this, this being don't say that you're a Christian or don't say that you're at that time, it would have been Israelite and function like you are not like a heathen, like a heathen. Yep, right. Yep. Unfortunately, it's the very thing that happens with Catholicism. They say, look, we're Christians and then go and function completely outside of what it means to be a Christian. And I don't think there's anything else that gives Jesus, a bad name than than doing that. Like you said, it's abuse. It's all these, you know, people that that claim to know, claim to believe in Jesus, and are just treating people completely outside of the mandates that the Bible gives us, misrepresenting who God is. So all people have is this 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 broken, corrupted idea that's fed them by people that have no idea what they're doing.
0: And I think that's important because, like, like Ryan was saying. the, the the point that Albert Pike pointed out was that he wants to treat the Christian and the atheist the same, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the the point of the New World Order is to bring about, like we all know, one world government, but that's not it. Like, that's the political side, especially if you're looking from a biblical perspective, Revelation, you got to have a religious component as well, and both of those have to marry. And on top of that, you need to have a deity. This whole Antichrist thing, I think, is bad propaganda because it kind of puts the in the mind of a person who hears that they kind of think like against christ right but that's not really what it is it's really a replacement i need to offer you an alternative christ that was the whole point so there's still going to be a christ and christ took me a long time to realize christ is not jesus last name <laughs> i thought that was his name i thought he was like mr christ on his driver's license his walker's license you know but that's not it christ means messiah right? It's the anointed one. So there's going to be another Messiah, Savior, anointed one from the world's perspective. That will be their Christ. His his design, his intent is to replace the Christ of the Bible. And people need to be conditioned to accept that. So the idea that there is no God is not going to fly in a a new world order. There has to be. Now, that's when Lucifer shows up in his panty skirts. He's like, yo, it's me i'm the you know i'm the god and this is my my here representative the replacement christ we don't like that jesus dude and uh y'all can get down or you're off with your heads you decide and we, any we theories
2: got... on what uh jesus's last name was by the way i'm curious on that smith i was gonna say smith <laughs> i was going smith maybe dean we jones
0: dean's not a bad name it's, it's a good ancient strong name you know i think Adam <laughs> spears are Spears, I, I'm liking that. No, I think
1: it, com- I think it comes from just a, a completely different culture, though. Because, like, Dean means what? Man of the Valley or whatever? So yeah. when names got so popular, you had to attach them to a geographic region yeah. or to who their father was. And, I mean, Jesus of Nazareth, I think, is one of the best. I mean, he was from that geographic region, and, and that was his first name. So of Nazareth, I think, is historically maybe the, the best argument for a last name.
0: Okay. Well, he had an alias that he rolled by. He just called himself Son of Man. <laughs> yeah, well, man yeah, everybody's got that, man. Blaming like that. Which one are? You? I'm just Son of Man. You know, doing my thing. Um, <laughs>
1: that's funny,
4: guys. This has been one of my favorite Monday Night Master <laughs> debaters out here. Uh, I could go on for a couple more hours, but we got to wrap this thing up. Um. Oh man, come key- on!
0: We're only at like two hours. Let's keep rolling.
2: Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah uh, like yeah, i said i could
4: i could go for more i'm just i don't know if, if uh if we're gonna break the algorithm or not oh, no, this, this, but this, uh this hey
2: part two let's do a part two there we go let's do All it right. again we'll run that'll it back
4: work. cool that'll work so uh let the people know where they can find you anything you guys want to promote feel free this is it
1: um well you can find us at orppodcast.com and then uh instagram and, and facebook same thing operation red pill uh let's see we're we did the trivium last week we're doing quadrivium this week so if the last week was interesting then uh, hopefully you'll find this next one on wednesday just as entertaining and enlightening you or if you any- want
0: if you want to yell at us and you know let us know how you feel about you know the stuff we talked about hit us up at um let's talk at rppodcast.com you know drop us a line there and we'd love to hear back man we'd love to hear from our listeners and know what people are thinking what they got going on yeah even if
1: you disagree we like that just as much
0: i like that less do you (laughs) People agree, but it just comes with the territory so right we still read it
1: Mm -hmm.
4: through guys well whatever it is you guys are crushing it so keep doing what you're doing and uh like like we said we will definitely have to do this again and everyone go check out the operation red pill podcast support these guys show them some love give them some uh positive reviews get them in the algorithm do what you can to help them out so right what do you got going on same old stuff man i i was uh gonna echo exactly what you said uh
2: you know these guys are newer in the podcast game and i think that they deserve all the flowers right now i think that you guys are doing awesome stuff at operation red pill um leave a bunch of five-star reviews i left one myself over there and it wasn't as hateful as Chris as was on my, <laughs> mind. I said, I said that you could leave a nasty review as long as it's five stars. And Chris took me up on that. So that's nice. Well, I uh, called me unintelligible. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, no, have great, all... you have
4: great presentations, Ryan, but yeah, it was all sucked. good though. No, no, <laughs> yeah. I, man, I, I
2: love these guys, dude. You guys are, are really good at what you do. Uh, you don't uh, talk down to people that don't believe in what you guys do. And I think that that's uh, something that's very needed uh, in a community that right now is is splintering because of minute little things that they disagree on. You guys have pretty strong beliefs and, and I don't think that they're radical. I think that they're very legit and I, I agree with a lot of what you say. But even if I didn't, you guys would be very respectful, and I think that that's cool, man. That's something that's needed. I can't say enough kind things about you guys. I, I really, I, I really do appreciate what you guys do. Now and um, Max said we
0: got a few more minutes. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> I can
2: going. go all day, buddy. Okay, <laughs> and and no, you guys lot, gave though. me that means a lot. You guys gave me one of the best episodes that I have. You brought recordings. That's a rare thing. You guys came and like just absolutely murdered the episode that you did with me, um, and I appreciate that. And, um, you know, Matt, thank you for hosting the show every week, dude. Uh, this is a brainchild of yours and this is your show. And it's, it's, dude, it's just cool to get in, to to talk with people and do this kind of fun show once a week. It makes Mondays way less shitty for so many people out there, I bet. And um, yep. it's just cool, dude. So I appreciate just everything, dude. The good people in this community are awesome. So uh, that's all I got to say. Well, what about you, though, Matt?
4: No, I'm with you, Ry. It's It's people like Jason and Chris that, make me love this show meeting them getting to talk to them and now you know setting it up and we can we can do it again down the road and just you know that's what we need nowadays in this time where everybody's so divided and everybody's you know i think more people are scared really than they are angry because uh, i think the anger is just a lot of fear based we got to come together we got to forget about the minute differences Connect on our similarities because across the board it doesn't matter what religion you are it doesn't matter what race you are we are we have more in common than we are different, and we just have to find those things man and and it's so divided and everybody wants to fit in a, a group and a team and we gotta we gotta break that mold and we got to just be people again and 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 unite and be community and 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 look out for one another because there is a lot of there are a lot of dark forces out there you know, on top of the daily grind that we go through. And we need, we need strong people right now. We need, especially strong men, strong women. We need people, we need leaders right now, people to step up and and lead by example, right? And, and do things like we're doing. I mean, this is, it doesn't seem like we do a lot, but guys, when we do these podcasts and we're out there, we're making a difference in people's lives, you know? And even if you make a difference in one person's life, you've done something for the better. And right. so- yep. That's that's where we, we're we going to leave it tonight. Um, you know where to find me. You can find all my stuff on the Great Deception podcast. Um, guys, thank you so much. Stay strong. Question. Thank you, everything. Hey, thanks for having us.